Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Tuesday, April 4th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Have some follow-ups to really important developments today in regard to things like the MAGA trap, the vanilla ISIS psyop that we've been talking about for a long time. Something I really feel developing quite strongly, especially with the Trump indictment conversation kind of simmering. We'll talk about what's happening around that to a degree. But we're going to talk a lot about the distraction, the, the, the manipulation, the, the Chinese balloon, the different conversations they're swinging in front of us. We're going to talk about how both of those things translate into what I, at least one part of what I believe all of it's tr- being done to accomplish, which is the words are violence agenda, which is a really broad term, I guess, term that I've been using to talk about something that's not just one thing you can point at by itself, but it's a lot of moving parts. But it's very clear that the idea is to try to create the world where what we're doing right now, having conversations, whether intentionally deceptive or not, just having a conversation, that's free speech, and discussing how we see things, right? The, point, the reason I say intentionally deceptive is because if there is somebody out there who's doing a show like this, whose entire point is to try to mislead you, guess what? That's called free speech. I find that despicable. I think they're a terrible person for doing so, but they've got a right to do that. And the point is they want to create a world where us having this honest version of that conversation is ter- is framed as violence because they claim somebody who listened to this show did X, Y, and Z. Therefore, it's my fault. I mean, it, it's pre-crime in a thousand different ways, but it's it's in, it's a, an alarming direction that's being taken for a long time now. Whitney and I have talked a lot about it. We're going to talk about how that then translates over into the trans conversation and, and, and interestingly overlap with that around how Twitter seems to be dealing or not dealing with that situation. It's very concerning. The censorship is very clearly there. And seemingly most of the people that have been supporting the whole Trump or excuse me, uh, Twitter angle with Elon have gotten real quiet. I think everyone can see quite clearly it was not what we were promised. And all the people that were pushing that you were wrong for saying otherwise are just cowardly not saying a word about it right now. Not to say that it might not change, and I could be wrong with what I'm saying right there, but we've been pointing out objectivity this entire time, and I think it's a safe bet to see that it's not what we were promised. Now, we have a really important follow-up on East Palestine today. We've talked about the CDC individuals who went in, uh, you know, first week of March, it seems, and got sick. Well, uh, more than a month out of when this happened. And yet they're getting sick in March. And only weeks later, they didn't even tell anybody about that. The reality here, guys, is I I really hope people can stand back and see that East Palestine most likely is something bigger than it appears. That's just what my gut tells me. But but aside from that, the very obvious environmental disaster that it is and the very, very obvious continual cover up that it is needs to be engaged with as such. We need to point at this as obvious as it is, like we are with the vaccine conversation, excuse me, injection conversation or any number of other things. Ukraine, for example, which we will talk about today and the kill list and how it's being applied and how it's still being executed. Now, double on the point being, yes, and so too are people. And we have very, I mean, people like Eva Bartlett are on this list, Vanessa Bealey, Roger Waters on this list of people. And there, and there are people overseas being executed, assassinated, and the international community is absolutely silent. It's pretty pathetic. Shows you how dishonest they are, and that should reflect on everything else that's going on. And of course, we are also going to talk about the, I guess, just a a small part about the COVID-19 injection 
conversation and where this kind of seems to be going. It's a small part at the end. I just wanted to include because of something called the World Vaccine Congress that I hadn't seen before that really just it just really solidified for me that there is no question. And I don't think we need to be convinced of this, that there's no slowing down right now. Not doesn't matter how obvious it is. Doesn't matter how many people are being killed, how many people see that they're knowingly doing so. It's not, a, it's not even slowing down. It's getting faster. They are building on top of the ruins of what they created to build a worldwide system. That's not just the Great Reset. This is a specific vaccine Congress for the world. It's kind of mind-blowing, but we'll go through it today, talk about it all. Plenty more we could have gotten into. Even still, it'll probably be a long show. So let's get into it. Starting off with some distractions that I think are important for us to always see, which is really, I wanted to show this GIF with it as well, because... I mean, we really understand why I use the cat toy analogy. I think most of you get it. But the idea of how easy it is to, for instance, on April 3rd, come out and say, Chinese spy balloon collected information about sensitive military sites. Oh, you mean the thing that you at first said was a balloon, then it was a spy balloon, then we weren't sure, then don't worry, nothing got taken because we did our job, then we shot it down, and all this difference. Now they're coming back around, now that we've clearly don't care about this dumb story to go oh well oh, they did actually take stuff that they were supposed to so trying to bad guy really <laughs> so i mean maybe who knows why would anybody i mean look information coming from these entities is meaningless because whether or not it's true we know they would absolutely fabricate entirely a story like this if it executed even the most benign of agendas just like i said before about the journalists which i have a small point about or, you know, spy, journalist, whichever way you look at the story. We must know today that whether or not that person was in fact spying, that that is exactly the way they would respond. And we all know that. So then why do we defend to, to you know, aggressively against people that disagree? That How dare you suggest they were spying? Because didn't you hear they told us it was? Well, maybe they're lying and we know they could. So it's really silly. We just choose sides politically. Team sport politics. That's what's happening. Chinese spy balloon collected. It's just, it just seems so silly that these are even still coming up, even if it is a real story. There's so much more going on. This is exactly what it's meant to do. Quick, quick, look over there. And of course, don't let's let's make sure we point out the kind of people that are, oh, so they lied. <laughs> Good job, Ben. Trust and then realize they lied. Like, think about the process here. The very person who said that he you he attacked you and said you were crazy and called you a conspiracy theorist and anti-vaxxer until he realized he was wrong and said oh but i wasn't wrong they lied to us oh but you were though because you stupidly trusted the people who we're all questioning i mean really understand how clearly the people like pierce morgan and ben shapiro and the rest of them out there blindly followed along with what the experts said and the only reason i can say that with such certainty is because i saw what they said wasn't there when it was there then and still is now and we all starting to see it now, but it wasn't just Ryan on his computer. People like Dr. Bhakti and plenty of other very highly credentialed experts in 2020 were saying the same things. It's not just some coincidental guess into the right direction. So here again, my point is Chinese spy balloon gathered intelligence from. OK, so the, the military steps up and says the government says you only did take information. And he goes, oh, so they lied. So are you still taking them at face value? I mean, we could assume either way, or maybe he's joking. The point is, how do you know they're lying? Maybe that is the lie or the lie before. The joke is somebody says down here is Ben trusts unnamed sources when it fits his worldview. And really insert whoever's name you want right there. That's what's happening. These people know somewhere internally that they don't really care whether it's true. It's because that statement aligns with what they 
want to be true or what they believe is true or what they what, what is advantageous for their career. I don't know what fits here, but I just think it's interesting to see these high level people that continue to expose the fact that they have at some level fallen comfortably back into a trust of authority system. That's what they depend on. I think that's important. Now, on that journalist discussion, Yanis uh, Varoufakis says, I'm not sure if that's pronounced correctly, probably not. His account here says, yes, Mr. Biden, it is disgraceful that Putin's regime arrested journalist uh, Gershukovich on the charge of espionage, as is your government charging Julian Assange with espionage. Your hypocrisy is noted. No espionage charges for journalists. Now, I don't agree with that statement in general, like all, all of it said there, but it's an important point to think about. The reason I don't agree with it is because, look, we don't know what happened. When it comes to an Assange, I think I'm, I very clearly understand the situation. I always leave the caveat for maybe there's something I don't see or something I'm misinformed about or something I don't understand. But with what we know is there and everything that's come out, it's very obvious what's happening to Julian Assange. He was not a spy. He's being persecuted for exposing the truth. We all know that at some level. Now, on the other side of this, what we seem to know so far is this guy is a journalist in the United States and Russia arrested him under the claims, accusations of espionage. Now, why we then would jump in and feel obligated to defend because, well, he's an American and they're Russia. Well, I mean, see, this is where we get pitted in the idea of national versus, you know, it's about truth, guys, period. Was he spying or not? If he was, well, he knows the risk and he knows that's a crime. So Russia would have rights then to do something about that. But we should demand that that gets proven right? From an international level. Either way, my point becomes the same. That yes, of course, if a, if anybody is spying on behalf of foreign government, that comes with risks. It's like any other job, you would argue. It's there. So for them to just assume he's not is stupid. But the idea that we should just, you know, defend this one way or the other, or, you know, come out and trust that they said he's not, therefore he isn't. I mean, it's just, it's a game. It becomes a game of team sports. This person says, and this is the part that I think is hilarious, Assange literally coordinated with the Trump campaign to release hacked information supplied to him by Russian intelligence, some journalist. <laughs> wow. Right. Those people still exist, or it's a bot. Certainly, both are certainly possible today on Elon's Twitter. But what's hilarious is there are actually people that believe that this is the story. You know why? Because at some point, some corporate outlets, or all of them, blindly screamed this statement that was completely false, and we all should know that by now. Assange didn't coordinate with anybody. Now, whether or not the information he was leaked, understand, he's not picking and choosing, it's leaked information. So if he got all the information that only helped one side, it's not choosing that as a WikiLeaks, it was something that was given to him. Regardless, there was plenty of information on both sides of this. People like this just don't care to look at that. On top of all of that, to argue that it was somehow supplied to him by Russia, that has been the most obviously debunked and disproven concept of all of this. It's hilarious that people still exist that put this forward. Because that's just what you're supposed to say. What about Seth Rich? Oh, conspiracy theory. Doesn't matter. What about Assange admitting, basically, that that was the source? Doesn't matter. But the point, the people will respond, can you prove this? Where's your state? Where's your information? The point is the person actually follows up later again and doubles down and says, you guys are a conspiracy theory. It's just amazing that people like that exist, but they do. Not to say that we know that is a real person, because it certainly could be a bot. Now, all of these are the distraction tactics, right? The different manipulation. Even this, by the way, I think is somewhat, you know, pointing somewhere other than the main story. One of the big things I see happening right now with Trump's indictment and where this is going, and not even just right now with the current that, you know, 24, 48 hour cycle of news, but just in general for the last, I mean, from this administration, even before I see this building. 
this is about creating, and this is the article or the, the show called The MAGA Trap Has Been Set. This was September 2nd, 2022. This was after that big, you know, fiery speech with all the red behind him. It was very clear the way they wanted this to feel. And it was all about basically accusing half the country of being terrorists. Not even basically. I mean, you really, you could split hairs all you want. The reality is he's framing the Republicans as the problem. And that's very obvious, just by the way, as the Republicans frame the the, what the Democrats, the problem, it's the same thing. But this was a big deal because we're talking about creating not just the they're the bad guy, they're the one against you, but creating the the setting to accuse these people of not just being, uh, you know, anti-America or whatever, but literal criminals, violent criminals, terrorists, in fact, domestic terrorists working with other bad guys for that matter, whether it's Nazis or whether it's vanilla ISIS kind of conversation. All these things have been laid out. Now, this really focused on the idea of misinformation and the idea that you as an individual could say the wrong thing and just, you know, help Russia or kill people because they don't take their injections. And all of it amounts to the fact that you're killing everybody, breaking the country, and we need to stop it all. Right. That's where this all seems to be going. Now, this hinges to, for me around the, the MAGA side of this. That's not my opinion. That that's this is what is being aimed at. Now, that doesn't mean it's only about Republicans. Right. They call me a Republican. And but the left, the, the right calls me a Democrat because we are in the middle because we point out both sides are ridiculous. Either way, this agenda from the government, not left, right, the government, right, the, the real power that doesn't care what side you're on, is framing anybody in a in a, you know, a, a dissident, let's put it that way, as one of these kind of people. A domestic terrorist. It doesn't, you know, that that term itself doesn't have to be left or right, but they're clearly making it le- right at this moment. Now, what I see building is stuff like this. This so far pretty benign situation. Now, the, everyone's been really framing this as the you know, unprecedented. We can't believe this is happening. Now, it is a, it is a, a, a an interesting direction that I, I mean, unprecedented is not an uh, the, I guess an unjustified word. But the only reason I'm hesitant to say un, unprecedented is because it doesn't seem like anything's happened yet. An indictment is just accusations. And you can look this up for yourself. You technically don't really even need evidence to carry out an indictment. It's really just about whether the people presenting the, the series of events, the information they do have to the grand jury and convince them that there's enough to go further on. These aren't actual charges yet. These are just, this is an investigation, right? So nothing has actually happened other than a bunch of flashy, you know, videos like this and conversations about how the world will never be the same and America's changed forever. Maybe. But these people are not on your side, guys. People that are trying to pit you against one another, whether it's the trans conversation, whether it's anything else, they are trying to make you fight, hate, attack, be the bait that they want. They're trying to create a situation. I'm not saying this individual is doing that and knowingly so. I don't know. But to me, the hype around this is completely unjustified, at least at this moment. I mean, we've seen all sorts of politicized attacks from left and right for a long time. But, you know, again, the fact that it's a a former president, that is interesting. And it's something that I haven't seen before. But I'm still not convinced this is not just all part of what we're supposed to be looking at, guys. We do not realize that this is still the very same person that's still aggressively pushing the injection that every single one of his supporters is very clearly aware is bad, dangerous, deadly, hurting people. Not only is it not, it's not only being pushed, he's still standing by it as his crown jewel of his career. How in the world do you make sense of that? He knows what everybody's saying. But let's shift the conversation over to the left attacking him and we'll forget all about it until the next thing gets pushed in your face. Not buying it, guys. I'm just not. Now, 
the vanilla ISIS MAGA trap kind of conversation is not just solely about getting you to react in regard to whatever may happen. January 6th was an exact example of that. But we do have examples of, I mean, there's an, any number of things they want. Like, just take Trump's in, in, indictment again. They if they would, again, they the, the powers, the, the hierarchy enslaving you, if you need an acronym for they, just the powers that shouldn't be or think that they are kind of conversation, want people to stand up and protest and take action so they can be framed as the very enemy they want them to look like. That's my opinion. But it's not just about that, remember. This is about groups like the Patriot Front who don't really need you, right? They don't need the Republicans to come out and join. What they need is them to be out there, say the things that they want them to say, then frame them as the Republicans they tell you you're supposed to be, right? So here we have uh, Ford Fisher, who's been, you know, does a great job documenting this stuff from a non-political perspective. Now he says, one week ago today, 20-year-old Airman Penny firebombed a church, a crime he apparently admitted to after being arrested on Friday. He reportedly admitted he bombed this United Church of Christ to stop a drag story hour from taking place. Well, look at that. Wasn't that exactly what they're claiming all these Republicans are trying to do? Is that what they are trying to do? Or is this the narrative that's being presented by an obviously, I mean, look, I've gone deep in the background around this group, this group that is literally connected to all the same entities that are tied directly to the Azov Battalion, which is a literal CIA-grown entity from 1948 forward, according to their own documentation, Project Aerodynamic, it's an obvious reality, guys. So if they are directly connected to a group that is being funded, armed, and trained by the CIA for decades, how do we not consider that point? If I can prove this literally via documentation, which you should read for yourself, here's the show if you want to check it out, why then do the other media outlets not talk about that? I wonder why. Not left, not right, none of them. My point is, this group is very clearly not what it looks like. Now, on top of all of that, what they're doing is walking straight into exactly what they're trying to point at. The, dra- the, uh, the you know, bombing a drag story hour because they're trying to infiltrate. Now, there's plenty of sentiment around the right-leaning conversations about why that's wrong. Now, for me non-political, not left-right paradigm conversation, I also agree that over-sexualization of children is wrong. Anyone that says otherwise is out of their minds. You see, they're going to make it about trans or gay or drag. That's not what I'm saying. We're talking about the over-sexualization of children. This is like them talking about not arming terrorists and then stopping the bill because they say you're being racist. It's like, wait a minute. We didn't even talk about that. How are you going to shoot down a bill about stopping the arming of terrorists? Well, that's what this is about. Or the same kind of game that's being played. right? When, and we're going to get into this next. When it comes to the drag story hour, the attacking the trans community, well, all of a sudden you got people that are literally voting or voting for sexualization of children voting to stop a bill that stops people from over sexualizing children because they claim it's about only trans but you can read the bill and it doesn't say anything about trans so what just happened did we literally just stop a bill that was to protecting children yes now i'm getting way ahead of myself but the point is this popular the the patriot front movement and all the rest of these groups you've seen that you can literally tie strings right back to these movements are being they're being used to set you up completely my opinion but i think i've proven that there are threads tied back to all of this as i said this is one of the most obvious slaps i've ever seen creating the justification to accuse people of extremism towards trans for merely protesting the over sexualization of children by anyone also claiming your words however legitimate are violence manufacturing consent now here 
Oh, that's right. This was the one. Now, this is really interesting. Fort Fisher asks him, um, he asked how many of them are, are federal informants or snitches. And it was the way they just the way they responded was interesting. They didn't really seem to like it. <laughs> that's just funny because i mean see, even ford fisher everybody has the conversation that these are look, look at it this way not even just this group specifically do we not realize how blatantly obvious it is that seemingly every single major event at any point in time has always had a i shouldn't be that that always i'm sure there were some that don't major events almost always have fbi agents involved now you can argue oh they're doing their job and they're stuff well then how they, why don't these events get stopped then Right. How, how can you have like four different FBI agents in different groups at January 6th and then multiple other groups that were found to be involved in Antifa groups and Ukrainians screaming in Russian? Yeah, that's not suspicious at all. Everything about it screams exactly what you think. Right. So the same point is that, you know, that these groups do have infiltrated and, and then you should ask whether or not they are entirely manufactured. That is very real, guys. That is what they're capable of. Now, whether that's what's happening, you can debate for yourself. But isn't it po- if we know that's possible, why wouldn't we ask these questions, knowing that they've already been caught doing exactly this more than once? And then somebody points out the way they look at the screen. Well, I mean, it's super subjective, but the, they, call, they call it the Fed stare when you just get staring at the screen when you accuse them of that. But this person says, I find this to be actually a pretty valid point. No group of patriots would ever fly the upside down flag like that. Full stop. He said the flag represents how the country should be, not how it is. I have literally seen a guy get punched in the mouth for wearing a patch exactly like that, but it was by a guy who these guys are pretending to be. I think that's actually a pretty important, subtle point. Right? I mean, the argument is not, like, this is the simple argument is if they're they're presenting the flag like that. It's not a patriot mindset. That's about, it's, I mean, I guess it's pretty subjective, but at the end of the day, I I personally feel like that makes a lot of sense that there's more of a symbol there to be putting out that, you know, that you're not fighting for the country, but the other way around. Maybe it means nothing, but you guys can think for yourselves about this. But I think we should recognize, I think I did have that one up. Let me make sure. Oh, I don't. Okay, I just covered this so much. It's crazy. Here it is. So many different focuses on this. If you want to know more specifically about the Patriot Front, or maybe I did. Oh, no, it's not right there. I, I did do a pretty specific focus on this general point right here. The Patriot Front, that's with this group with the weird white masks and, you know, the weird way they were all allowed to keep all these things, their gloves and their groups and their masks on, but they had them handcuffed, but the same, but then they let them out when they loaded them into the U-Hauls, the police, because that makes sense, right? All this was on the record. No, it's just so obvious this is not what it looks like. But January 6th and the Vanilla ISIS PSYOP, make sure you understand the, the connections this has, these groups have. But this brings me to the the crux of this first segment, the point here. Sal the Agorist points this out. Now, you guys have heard about what happened with uh, the Douglas Mackey. I'm just kind of blown away that it even went down this way. But the more I read into at least the statements in the in the 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 breakdown, which we'll look at in a second right here from the actual court. You I mean, you can understand why people might be swayed by a, a, a fancy speaking lawyer to make this sound like it was a deliberate act. And who knows, maybe the intent was on the surface trying to sway the election. But are we really going to pretend that's not what literally everyone's trying to do? Everyone politically motivated is out there sharing, whether it's just information, 
Look, here's what Clinton really does. Here's what Trump's actually about. Don't vote for them. Vote for them. That's what everybody's doing. I guess the argument in this conversation is that they claim Mackey was somehow trying to surreptitiously trick people into not voting for who they thought they did. But my God, this is a huge and dangerous step in the wrong direction. So for those who don't know the discussion, pro-Trump meme maker Douglas Mackey was found guilty. Guilty. Of what was the actual uh, actual of election interference? Why? Literally because they shared memes and different uh, different social media posts that they claim were directed to certain groups and meant to influence their outcome of their vote, or rather, just take their vote from them. Now, of course, Sal the Agris points out he faces ten years in prison. Here's a, just a comparative point: Ra- Rochester Ra- uh, Rochester man given 180 days in jail for raping girls. Four and nine years old, 180 days. Naki, potentially 10 years for memes. Regardless, it just shows you what they really care about. Oh, you you even potentially undermine our control structure. You're going to jail for 20 years. Right, but you know, rape, whatever, go back to what you're doing. 180 days. I mean, just think about the what message that sends. My God. Now, this is still on the same vein here, guys, because realize the words are violence, all of this. It's about trying to present the idea that you can't just say what you think anymore. You can't just have your free speech because your free speech could influence an election, could do whatever they want to scaremonger about. But even if it does, by the way, you I mean, this is not a, this is not Mackey literally taking votes out of people's hands. Right. What this effectively does is remove the agency from individuals. So you're telling me that the people who read these information, like read his social media posts, who then made their own decision, whether influenced by him or not, they're not responsible for their own personal choices. Are they are they 10 years old? These are the grown adults, guys, that have their own agency and their own decision make. But see, because they've dumbed them down so much to where they were fooled by this ridiculous game, then Mackey's responsible because they weren't able to discern between basic reality and this ridiculous game. I mean, let's read through this. You're going to laugh about this. And it's kind of, you shouldn't be, because this person's potentially going to jail. Social media influencer Douglas Mackey convicted of election interference. March 31st. Attempted to suppress vote through social media disinformation campaign. Now, the precedent this sets is uh, very alarming. Because where's the line here? Even if you think Mackey was actually in some concerted disinformation campaign funded by some foreign government, realize that the line is so blurry here where all of a sudden you can make this argument that people were trying, as long as you can argue that they were trying to execute some larger agenda and then draw some line to somebody you claim was driving their decision making and you don't even prove those things, suddenly this is opening the door to a lot of people like us being persecuted for expressing our First Amendment rights. Now, this is interesting. It says the charge of conspiracy against rights, which is an interesting claim. Like, so you're conspiring to remove somebody's rights. So you have a government who is at every single turn trying to remove your rights. Every single corner, every single thing that's happening, trying to suppress your ability to, to... think to 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 vote everything like even that's the best point to make here you're talking about a government from every side by the way actively trying to suppress your vote when they want to but these people aren't allowed to do the same thing if even that's what's happening of course that's how this works hypocrisy how you know the the idea these are sacred concepts except they're actively undermining them everywhere they possibly can it's pretty insulting 
but he says stemming from his scheme to deprive individuals of their constitutional right to vote. Right, exactly. So you mean like you do with the age, the voter register or the, the, you know, the the ID registration or the gerrymandering or the different things they do to alter and manipulate or the fact that they can, you know, I mean, I could go on forever. There's so many things we've talked about that they knowingly do to try to undermine and manipulate the vote. But it goes on to say he faces a maximum of 10 years in prison. Mackey has been found guilty by a jury of his peers of attempting to deprive individuals of exercising their sacred right to vote for the candidate of their choice in 2016. Right. You mean the only two that you presented to them? Like, you know, I can go off. You get, you know, I don't believe this is even a legitimate process. So this is pretty, think about that. Like, let's say we know this is not legitimate and they know this is not legitimate. And yet they're going to put someone in prison for, for, I guess, altering a not legitimate process. That's pretty interesting. That's my opinion. But it says today's verdict proves that the defendant's fraudulent actions crossed a line into criminality that flatly rejects his cynical attempt to use the constitutional right of free speech as a shield for his scheme to subvert the ballot box and suppress the vote. So does he not have a First Amendment right? Well, he does. Okay, so what they're enshrining is limits to that right. Period. Because he didn't physically do anything, right? He didn't take things out of people's hands. So he expresses his right, no matter how manipulative you may think it was, and people fell for that. And then you argue, well, he is using his rights as a shield. You don't get to make that distinction. These people are violating their oath to the Constitution. Pretty simple. I guarantee there are people that even believe who believe in the absolute free speech who will still probably disagree with me here, which shows you how important this is. Now, it says in 2016, Mackey established an audience on Twitter with approximately 58,000 followers. A February 2016 analysis by MIT Media Lab ranked Mackey as the 107th most important influencer on the up and coming presidential. Whatever. There's a lot of influential people out there that do a lot of shifty things all the time online. Like, I mean, you, you could make arguments about stuff that Elon Musk is doing right now with Twitter. But that's not going to apply. Why doesn't, you know, the point is these, this is a person who can be used as a scapegoat, an individual who probably doesn't have the ability, the resources or the clout to make a valid pushback on this or rather use his power and influential position to make this not even happen. It says between September 2016 and November 2016, Mackey conspired with other influential Twitter users and with members of private online groups to use social media platforms, including Twitter, to disseminate fraudulent messages that encourage supporters of Hillary Clinton to, quote, vote via text or social media, which in reality was legally invalid. Okay, let's really break this down. They're trying to make it sound very professional. The point is what they do, they went on social media with their friends, made memes to trick people. I mean, this is like saying... You know, I mean, look, let's really understand that do we, these people thought you could vote via text because there was a meme on Twitter that said so. Are we really not going to realize that people who would fall for that kind of deserve to be tricked? I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. I don't I don't agree with the deceptive messaging, whether it's free speech or not. I just don't agree with that. I think it's manipulative, but they have a right to do it. And the bottom line is what they're essentially doing is putting out memes that are going text your vote to this random number because democracy and people fell for that. I mean, that's like a phishing scam. That's like that is like Podesta falling for a dumb phishing email and blaming it on some Russian hack. This is pathetic. And the bottom line is that it's not against the law. 
They're creating a law here to argue that he did something wrong when I can promise you there is a thousand higher level active, active um, uh, efforts being done by other campaigns. What do you think all of the, okay, here, let's say, here's the best point to make. Are we not going to acknowledge the fact that these candidates put out fake information about each other on their dumb advertisements on TV every single election? I mean, literally. We all know because you may support one of them and you watch it and you go, that's not true. They're lying about this. They're lying about that. We know they all do it. So suddenly it's only matters when an individual who's not a politician decides to play the same game. It kind of reminds me of when GameStop had that weird surge and then they paused the whole market because, well, we can't let average people manipulate the markets like we do every day. We can't allow that. God, this this is a very big deal. I'm really just the more, the more we think about it, this is a, a very serious step in the in a very wrong direction. So they bet they tricked people into voting via text. It says, avoid the line, vote from home, text Hillary to 59925 and vote for Hillary to be a part of history. Now, look, I will tell you that it seems very clear that they this wasn't just one meme and it was kind of fun. They they continued and made it look very real. But where's a law that says you can't make a convincing meme? Again, I'm not saying I agree with the deceptive nature of this. It's very clearly designed to manipulate, right? But they, the fact that they can take this so far means that they can blur that line anywhere they want, which we already know. Quote, must be 18 or older to vote. One person per vote, like all the stuff you'd expect. Must be a legal citizen of the U.S. Voting by text not available in Guam, Puerto Rico, Alaska, or Hawaii. Uh, now, I mean, at what point do we start? What happens when an, a, a, another comedian? pretends to be somebody else and calls a politician. Is that suddenly fraud? Well, by this logic, it is, right? But it's not because they are creating a situation where this kind of free speech and, I guess, humor, comedy, is not allowed. The tweet included the typed hashtag, I'm with her, a slogan frequently used by Hillary Clinton. At least 4,900 unique telephone numbers texted Hillary or some derivative to this number. I just guess just the stupidest thing in the world. Yeah, this, this is what you get for dumbing down your voter base, and then they can be fooled by something so ridiculous. Now, again, I'm not supporting it. But this is wrong. This person is going to get persecuted politically because they want to make this out to be some kind of concerted effort. Now, look, if you can prove this was executed by some foreign government, well, maybe then you could have a conversation. But even then, the U.S. government does that literally every day. Doesn't mean we should not care about it, but just have some context here and understand how this game is played. What they're really upset about is the fact that this was done arguably in something that they couldn't control or, you know, or maybe this is just a scapegoat. You could assume all day long. But the truth is, it's not even unique to the United States, guys. A French woman faces $13,000 fine. Why? Because she simply called Macron filth, which he is on social media. $13,000. At a time when they could probably barely feed their family with $10,000 energy bills, right? But doesn't matter. This is where the world is going. They are very clearly not just stepping past the line. They are pole vaulting way, you know, way past the line. They are so far past it at this point where they're just going, they're going, yeah, you can't even, you can't, you can't accuse, you can't insult a politician. I mean, we just woke up and we're here, guys. That's crazy. Now, it's not actually true. People like us have been screaming that we've been going this fast this whole time. But a lot of people are just, what happened to free speech? Well, I mean, is this because COVID? Like, we're not, we're, we're not even at a point where they could just claim chaos emergency, right? They're just going, well, you just can't insult me. Welcome to your new normal. 
Well, interestingly enough, there's another side to this, guys. Now, what's happening with a lot of these conversations, and this is a two-party paradigm, as always, is that you get this other side of it where people, and and look, even myself, you read this and you get a little chuckle out of it. WAPO, Washington Post, fact checker, is fact checked, is fact checked himself by Twitter's community notes, which basically means fact Twitter is doing that little dumb window pop up that says, actually, here's what it actually, here's what really happened and whatever, which by the way, still happens. Still happens on all sorts of COVID information about injections being dangerous, about science, about about all the stuff that we know, all the stuff that's been proven on Elon's Twitter. They're supposed to be all about COVID, you know, misinformation and Fauci files and blah blah blah. Except they're still accurate, continually doing that about things that we know we've proven, and they're I guess still can perpetuating the lie. Doctor Shiva still openly argues that FBI has their back door right now and says he can prove it, but nobody in Twitter wants to engage with them. Shocking. My point is, it's funny to see these people suddenly getting a taste of their own medicine, but why would it, this, this is the same as supporting guns being taken away from a certain community because suddenly they are the focus of some kind of campaign, right? So suddenly the right's attacking the Second Amendment. How does that work? Because they're being played. In this case, we should not be cheering on the censorship or the suppression of anybody because it's the same damn thing. Here's another example. New York Times loses its Twitter verification. Elon Musk calls the outlet unreadable diarrhea, which I I, I think it's hilarious. I mean, think about what it, the, the New York Times, how they must feel right now. Because you look, no matter how much they try to play this game, like acted like, you know, I mean, Whoopi Goldberg, is she back on Twitter? How much you want to bet she is? I didn't even, I don't even care to look. But they all go, oh, we're leaving Twitter because we don't care. Well, guess what? Nobody else left with you. And Twitter is still very clearly, which I don't want to be the case, is very clearly the most prominent platform out there. So all these high-minded people that thought they were the, the community would flood away with them somewhere else, they went away and they're like, well, now I'm in a corner and no one to talk to. So they came back, right? So the, the point is it's, it's kind of hilarious to see these high-level outlets who have been peddling garbage and trash and fake news for years, for decades, suddenly get their check mark removed and we're in this case i think we're talking about the gold one that they were given i think that's hilarious i don't think they deserve any kind of benefit or clout or whatever but my point is this is not censorship it's i mean i guess it's kind of suppression but he has it's his prerogative it's his platform my point is it gets to a point where we start cheering on the same kind of things as long as it happens to the ones we don't like let's not fall for this guys we can't be this simple we not 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 this in particular but where i see this leading we need to be very aware of where this goes. Now, as Ben Swan, and by the way, we really need to start shouting out the platform sovereign. I mean, I've been, I'm, I'm talking to the behind the scenes and I'm trying to help, you know, whatever I can at coming from what I know from Super U. And I should not, I shouldn't say that. It's not like I'm, I mean, I email here and there with one of the people because I, I care and I want it to be good. Now, the point is, I believe that sovereign is doing everything the right way. I really do. I believe that they've done everything they can to, I mean, not everything they can. They completely avoided all of the traps, all of the Amazon cloud services and all the same things we tried to do with SuperU. And that's one of the reasons why they're, you know, it's taking a lot longer for this, this platform to grow because people, it's harder to do it that way, right? You got the rumbles out there that are literally YouTube 2.0 with every single choke point you can imagine and evidence of them already censoring, already suppressing, already manipulating, but nobody wants to point it out because the right loves rumble. My point is that sovereign, we should get behind sovereign guys because they're building, they're doing, uh, 
they're streaming soon and so on. I just, you know, I, I was actually wearing the shirt this morning on, on AM Wake Up just because I, it just doesn't get enough attention. I, I have no stake in Sovereign's game. I don't have any benefit from their growth, but I, I just want to see a real platform that cares about these things to the point to where they will, to their own detriment, build a platform that needs to be the right way. Now, all that being said, I just want to shout that out. Here's Ben Swan pointing out something about Twitter. We're only a few months into Elon Musk's Twitter and people are already being suspended for harmless posts. On, I mean, we're talking health stuff. Hell, trans trans uh, uh trans like the trans shooter conversation just transgender conversations in general i mean the the very same things guys i mean at this point i'm starting to get i'm starting to wonder whether i'm just going to be censored again after a certain point in time but the point is this person here sean davis is right ben says you might think you have freedom on twitter now but it won't last it's time to let the old ways of big tech censorship die 100 percent. now here's an interesting post i just want to include Somebody sent this to me. I didn't want to, I don't know if they wanted to be pointed out their face or their name, but they were just saying happy birthday. Happy birthday. I hope your day is great, which my birthday was on the 2nd of April. And then followed up later in the, a couple minutes later and said, that was weird. When I sent that message to you, it immediately told me my account was locked for suspicious activity. <laughs> oh, great. I, I kind of don't feel like we're going to be in this situation for long. What it says, what the F just caused this because I sending you a message? Probably. I mean, it was, it, it was at the moment she said it. I just find that hilarious and sad. But on the note of the overlap with the, not just censorship, but the transgender community to make this point specific. And also don't forget, the main point we're on here is the MAGA trap, right? I very strongly think that the trans community part of this is meant to drive the kind of action they can use to frame in a very specific way. And that doesn't mean that Republicans are even going to take the bait. January 6th didn't go. They didn't. Right. They made sure there were no there was no guns. They made sure it was a nonviolent act until it got driven into until people on Antifa members started driving other people in the community to act, which I'm sure there were some people from the community that did. But we can prove that it began and ended with the people that we're talking about, the Ray Epps of the world, the uh, what's his name, the, the, the Antifa member that was verifiably part of left leaning groups. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and was on the record, on the ground, going, we did it, we got him, I can't believe it. Oh, did you see I was wearing my fake MAGA hat? I can't believe they bought it. All on the record. But apparently the, the January 6th committee just couldn't find all that stuff. You know, it's crazy. Obviously, it's ridiculously, they're just, it's the same with the 9-11 false investigation. But all that, the point is that the trans part of this, it's, you know, they don't need you to act. Like I just said, Patriot friend, I'll do it for you. And they'll blame you anyway. But it doesn't mean it still means you should, you know, in my opinion, don't take the bait, guys. I, you know, honestly, I think that they, in, in most cases, we're living in a false situation here where everybody seems to see it. They're just playing out some theater. We just need to call it out. But here's Matt Wallace, one of these, you know, classically like <laughs> up Elon. <laughs> everything Elon does is amazing. And it's just no matter what, as every other tweet is amazing. Elon's great. Look at Elon. Elon did this. Why people like that get respect, I have no idea. But it says, Elon Musk has revealed that the old Twitter algorithm shadow banned accounts that use these words. Hey, look, I mean, where's the, okay, we're just going to take that at face value. The point is, it says words like the very first word, vaccination. How does that even possibly make sense? Fauci, Trump, Gannon, simulation, Jews, Soros, Clinton, Epstein, World Economic Forum. I mean, these words... Now, I don't, I mean, the point is we're talking, I mean, I don't know if it's a combination of these words. The point is there's no real information, but the idea is that these words are used so ubiquitously through almost every conversation. Like you could point out that almost every single one of these words would be used repetitively by people that are pro the conversation. I just don't buy that. 
That's why I followed up saying, how could one of those words possibly be vaccination when all of those promoting it use that word and many exposing it like us were using injection? I don't trust anything coming from Twitter that we cannot individually and independently verify for ourselves. That's how we all should be. I don't know why that's a challenging thing, but the, the main point I wanted to get into was not that one, but this. Dr. Anastasia Mariolupus points some, something interesting. Dear Matt, please watch this video and tell me if you agree with Elon Musk that it's a violation to the Twitter rules. Oh, that's interesting. Matt's not used to being like, you know, everyone's like, yay, Elon, great, Elon's the best. And then people, somebody who, you know, has also been pro-Twitter and, and right-leaning is coming in and go, hey, he just censored me. And what's interesting is Matt followed up and said, I, I believe, I, I wish I had a screenshot of it, but it, it, you take it off the top of my head because it was he's deleted it now and there's no archive. Basically said, oh yeah, basically the, the, the gist of it was that, oh, well, I, that's pretty crazy, but I see why, and I'll show you the video. He basically said, oh, I see why that video maybe should have been censored essentially. Kind of like, LOL, okay. And she follows up and says, it's the second time this week Twitter's locked me out of my account and they don't even reply. Great. <laughs> Sounds like we're right back to good old Twitter times, right? Why do you keep locking me out? My video was not a violation. Interesting. Now, what's interesting as well is he deleted this tweet, but I followed up and responded on the, the actual thread as well. And I said, joke cover aside, because that's what it was. Are you making it clear that you believe, as Elon does, that the post shouldn't have been censored or should have been censored? Which means you believe not in absolute real free speech, but instead in limited speech, not free speech. I find that very important, as do many as do many of your followers. Maybe I called too much attention to it. Why? Because it got deleted, right? So he deletes that, which, you know, says a lot. Now, here's what is being censored. I'm going to play this for you. This video, this is crazy. This is what Elon Musk Twitter is censoring and has still kept off the platform. She, she had to delete her tweet before she can get her account back on Twitter. Explain this to me, guys. Explain for me how, if this is supposed to be some free speech platform and even a right-leaning one, as we're hearing from the media, that this very not, it's not graphic, it's blurred out. There's no, it's not, I mean, that's not even cussing. This is just a video showing the reality in some cases of what can happen when you allow men who can dress as women into bathrooms. You have to realize, even if you disagree that there's a problem with this, are we going to pretend that actual men who just want to molest women might not just pretend to be one so they can get the bath. I mean, it's such an obvious possibility. Or maybe it is a trans person that just also wants to do this. The idea that we pretend this isn't possible is why this is so obvious to everybody. Okay, so don't forget, this was censored on Twitter. It seems that Matt kind of laughingly said it should be and then deleted his tweet. So let's, let's watch this. I think this is important to understand what's still being removed from this platform. Here we are trying to figure out what a woman is. It's such a strange time to be alive. Um, so on social media, if you haven't seen today, there is a video kind of going viral. There is this alleged woman that is masturbating in a women's bathroom. So uh, let me clarify. Sorry. This woman has a penis and she is stroking it in, in a woman's bathroom. And there's a woman here. If you haven't seen it, guys, just it's on Twitter. Uh, there's a woman here washing her hands. So if you can make sense of this for me, would you be okay with this? Would you be okay with a man dressed as a woman masturbating in the mirror at a in a bathroom, in a women's bathroom, and call that man a woman? Because this is where we are right now. We, as people, are starting to recognize you are falling for a ploy 
within political correctness, and we are urging you to stand for truth. Because if you don't, my children, our children, are subject to your failure. I have an eight-year-old. If this woman was my eight-year-old, if by chance my eight-year-old went into this restroom while I was patiently waiting outside for her, and there's a grown man stroking his penis around my daughter, what do you think I should do as a father whose duty is protecting my children? You're not doing it. Are you doing it, Sheriff? Because you are obligated to detain a man when he goes into a woman's bathroom, are you not? You know what to do. There's, there's no question about it. You need to establish an ordinance to prevent this from happening in this city. Thank you. I don't remember what his name is. I know we've talked about that guy before. He's, done, he's been speaking out about a lot of stuff. So if you, know, if you remember his name, put it in the chat for me. But ask yourself why that will be censored on Twitter. Repeatedly, by the way. Now here's a take it a step further. And this is very clearly still happening. People are being banned for, for saying transgender is a mental illness. Now, it doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not. It, this, this is a general thing. This is like saying people that wear blue shirts have lower intelligence. Like, why that is censorable is only because this one point has been politicized. And it's being aggressively focused on. Now, it, it can be insulting to you all day long. It doesn't violate the law, and it's not a violation, and you have absolute free speech. But not on Twitter, though. Not even, see, he lied about this. He didn't say, he said freedom of reach. Except that's not, that's, that's not, that's clearly a, that's one part of freedom of speech, as has been roundly found throughout the years of this discussion. But then he even goes further and just also takes away freedom of speech because that's not being allowed. Look, I, I don't agree with that. I, I in fact, like I'm just like anything else, I would keep it open for the conversation to if new information arises that, you know, I just don't think that in every single person in this position has a mental illness. I know people that I that, that you know, seem. Intelligent, caring, like we said, people in this community. But I will be honest, the majority of people that I've come across in this community have, in my opinion, been problematic, potentially on the mental illness side. That's just a fair statement. That doesn't mean every single person. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that every single, maybe it is, in fact, a mental problem. But so, too, is all sorts of things we prescribe medications for and people go about their lives in this country every day. It's just amazing how this has become such an obvious problem. Like the, 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 pol the political, pr the, the game that's being played around all of this. Now, the only reason I go into that so deeply is because I want it to be clear that whether or not I disagree with this point, you have a right to say it. That's that's important. Now, yeah, see, read the comments, guys, just so you can understand that people are not okay with what's happening. Now, again, don't forget that the Elon supporter was very quick to kind of laughingly shove this off and then deleted the tweet. But I do think it's important to realize that this is an ongoing problem on a lot of these platforms that are pretending free speech. But here's an interesting development. I, I just had this conversation. I, I, I hope you watch the show. Because this is a difficult conversation with how, how sensitive this is right now. Right? I mean, it's like every other thing. We're not afraid to wade into these hard conversations at a time when most people stay away from them. You know, they'll get, they'll, once this simmers down a little bit, like the COVID, they all shove in and go, oh, wait, vaccines are bad. 
Yeah, we were doing that in day one, just like with this now. But the point is, this is an important conversation. Second Amendment attack from the right after trans shooter. But get check this, this post out. I am absolutely convinced, this is the whole MAGA trap discussion right here, that these people, whether bots or not, are creating the error that that's what we're all doing. If you watch my show, you'll very quickly find out it's exactly what I just said, that these kind of people do exist. And that's a problem. The ones, if you're on the podcast, people like this that says trans rights or else with a bunch of guns. But I'm also able to ask myself, could that be a government agent? Could that be the right pretending to be the left or vice versa in any situation? Yes, could be. But I also do know that there are people like this that do exist. And that's a problem. But does it mean it's every trans person? I don't know that. I would assume not. Right? But my point is, having a balanced conversation about it, this person tags my tweet and says, normal peeps recognize trans as a mental ill weirdos. And weird. it's interesting, by the way, that that is not censored, right? So other people are being censored for calling it a mental illness. And that's it. We've seen many examples of that. But here's an account who literally says that and much, much more and much else and also happens to tag Twitter verified. Weird that's not censored, isn't it? Or very, very obvious and telling. What it goes on to say is most likely abused as kids by parents, uncles, teachers. And it says per capita, the trans have killed more Americans than any other group. That is not true. And we thought all they wanted was to abuse kids. Who knew they wanted to kill them all? I mean, that is literally the most hyperbolic, ridiculous state. Like, I'm not, I ne- that shouldn't be censored because free speech. But under the guise, or the rules that Twitter puts forward and what they already have been censoring, why is that still there then? Hear me on this. I'm not saying any of them should be censored, but I'm pointing out the hypocrisy of seeing this, which we've proven to you people are being censored for doing that, saying that it's a mental illness. And yet that's still there. And it goes way further and then tags Twitter. Now, why do, what do I think that is? I think this is an effort to keep this all being that this Twitter is aware of this, right? Make this on the surface of the conversation that I am attacking the trans community, maybe to get me censored, maybe to let this opinion flavor what this show is to maybe, re, you know, see, this is what I think is happening. I think this is either a person like a left person pretending to be what they want the right to be seen as or a bot or whatever you want to look at it as. I don't believe that's honest at all. That's my opinion. Please watch the show. I think it's very important. Now, here is a development on this drag bill, which is not even what it was. The corporate media just has in, seemingly incapable of being honest and objective about literally anything these days. Judge temporarily strikes down, which that's just dumb terminology because all it is is paused. Striking something down is not temporary. <laughs> it, that, that's, that is meant to make it sound like it's, we did it, we shut it down. It's just, it's just classic propaganda. But it says the Tennessee law restricting drag performances. Now, technically, it does restrict some drag performances, but it's not even about drag performances. It's about cabaret, adult cabaret, and sexualization of children. So if it's a drag performance that sexualizes children, well, yeah, that would be restricted. But all they want to do is make this about allow, like as if this whole bill was about stopping drag story time. And some people may have seen it that way. But again, the reality is if a person is a, is a trans person, dressed as they normally would in any given day, who's reading a book to somebody, most people and you know, normal people don't have a problem with that. To the to, I shouldn't say it like that because maybe they'll disagree. I would think that a person who has a problem with the crux of this issue, which is the sexualization of children, whether they agree with a trans person or not, wouldn't have a problem with that. 
The problem is obviously gyrating in a in a bikini or or lingerie with a very obviously sexualized performance and then maybe also reading a book. That's ridiculous. That's not story time. And we all should know this by now. It's very, very clear. But the main point is this. As it says, first of all, delayed the enforcement for 14 days while they consider this. By no means is that being struck down. That's just intentionally misleading terminology. But as it says, the judge partially cited HB9's redundancy in halting implementation of the legislation, which would make, quote, a person who engages in an adult cabaret performance on public property or where it can be viewed by minors, a criminal offense. I mean, so here's his point, guys. This is the same point I was making before. It's already against the law. There is already a law that restricts this. So the point is, he goes, well, it's redundant. So why would we let this pass if there's already a law in the books? Okay, fine. Then then the question becomes, then why aren't they enforcing that law? It doesn't really matter which way this goes. If you can prove, the, which we don't need to prove, the law exists, and this then becomes redundant and it gets struck down, then you know that they're illegally sexualizing children. It says, quote, when the court asked in some cases, just so it's clear, the cases where that's what's happening, where they're, act, they're dancing around on a stage and they're half nude with a bunch of kids half the time at night. That is what we're talking about. But it says when the court asked exactly what con- conduct this statute reaches that is outside the scope of Tennessee's obscenity laws, defendant initially answered that the statute adds very little and later clarified that in their view, the statute is a time place and manner restriction but this answer route raises more questions for the court as it does little to advance defendant's position i mean look if this rules where they say it's redundant that's that's a win in its own right guys because we have to realize that that means that they're acknowledging publicly that that law is already there which we know so when they try to make this only about story time then you you make here's the law you're this is it's 9 p.m there are minors around and you are dancing half naked on a stage you're going to jail. I mean, it's very simple, but you see, the problem is that people have been so politicized that they're afraid to even act in this. This is very important to see. Now, just so we can see it again, this is the bill, House Bill 9, as enacted, creates an offense for a person, any person who engages in an adult cabaret performance. Like, think about how willfully dishonest it is to try to make this about something that it's not. And then also realize that when they do that, they then become the people not only stopping this from protecting children, but in fact, pushing for something that puts children in front of a sexualized performance. They must know that at some level. And that's a really concerning thing to think about. Because it just says on a public property or a location where adult cabaret performances could be viewed by a person who's not an adult. That's it. Disgusting. Like somebody needs to make a big thing about this and put this in front of somebody on the spot and be like, can you explain this for me? Explain for me why you, one, make this about only drag queens and only trans. And two, knowing that, why you're then not letting this be in place. Do you want children to be sexually molested? Do you want children to be exposed to sexual content? They're going to try to equivocate and it doesn't matter because they're on the spot because the bill is as clear as it gets. Now, here's an important thing I want you guys to see. First of all, the point that, that um, Biden, I just can't even believe, oh, wait, I think I had a, that's oh, weird. I, w- I wanted to play this video below it, but I thought I had my, oh, I do. That's right there. Okay. I want to see, wrote you, read you what I said. But here Biden says, 
on Transgender Day of Visibility, which it's very strange that they can literally put out flyers saying Trans Day of Vengeance, and even the corporate media covered that, and they promoted that. And then they just kind of hide behind that and act like it's not real and then call and make up another day of, of visibility. And then re, and then how, how ridiculous it is to pretend like not ever that there's anybody anywhere on the planet. I mean, you, you could probably go to the farthest lone island tribal group and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we know about the trans thing. We, we know visibility. Clear, really? I mean, this is like as stupid as saying, let's let's spend money for breast cancer awareness. <laughs> Okay, is anybody confused about breast cancer? Is anybody not aware that's a thing? Okay, but let's put 90% of our money back into the promotion. That's because it's about the game. Look it up, guys. The vast majority of the cancer money goes to promotion. Like we need to know more about, no, the research for curing it. No, but they don't want to cure anything. Yeah, day of visibility. Let's make sure everyone knows the thing we're jamming down their throats. And don't forget, guys, I just looked this up yesterday. I did this yesterday. Let me see if I can bring it up. It is. Oh, wait, no, that's not right. 7%. Damn. Damn. Let me just see if I can grab it real quick. I thought I had it in here somewhere. Let me see. There we go. I do have it right here. Boom. That's why you got to keep all these links, guys. You got to save it, save everything. Now, this is important. This this was done on, this is February 2022. Just realizing that this whole point about what they're doing, this over-representation, 7.1%, and that's the entire LGBT whatever else community, right? I mean, that's, that's including lesbian, gay, bi, which seemingly undermines the entire point. So 7% is all of that, including trans. So less than 7%. So we're literally arguing about less than 7% of the population representing, what is it, 50 plus percent of the policy that seems to be happening right now? That's not okay. That's a politicized agenda. They're using you. And that's what a lot of trans people you talk to will understand. Sort of like the black community can realize how they're being used in the same way for politics or any other group. They get used. They don't care about you. They want to use your plight for their benefit. So he puts out and says, on Transgender Day of Visibility, we want you to know that we see you just as you are. Okay, is that is that after they mutilate their bodies to achieve that or before? You see how weirdly disjointed the statement is? And I feel like it's meant to be this way. I really do. He says, made in the image of God. Okay, again, afterward? So how does that make sense? Are you talking about internally? And then if that's the case, then why is altering it with surgery the image of God. Like, I'm not trying to be insulting. This is ridiculous and deserving of dignity, respect and support, dignity, respect and support. Okay. So like any other human being is right. The idea that this is somehow special or different is what you're trying to achieve. Human rights are human rights for anybody. Trans rights are not human human rights are human rights for everybody. It says, we'll never stop working to create a world where we won't have to be brave just to be yourself. I mean, it's just this is this is naive and childish and insulting to your intelligence to argue that this is somehow the somehow will build a world where nobody gets to be insulted or 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 attacked or like it's just dumb. That's not a world that's real. As I've always pointed out, government adds more danger to your life. The illusion that it removes any of it is just that an illusion. 
Same thing here. They're going to sell you on this idea. They're going to make everything better for you. And then in reality, you wake up in a te technocratic panopticon. But let's listen to at least one example. And there's a lot of these out there, as I've told you in the past, of a, tra of a person who was manipulated in, in, I believe, her opinion. As it, I believe this is a woman who went through a transition to a man and has come back, essentially. The point is, or as much as she can, is that she, in her opinion, and I, I don't know why anybody would disregard this. If your whole point is we're supposed to listen to what per people's, uh, you know, their own personal journey was, why we just ignore the ones you don't want to hear, sort of like the vaccine side effects. This person, this woman, will tell you that she was manipulated. She was driven into this thing and took this action and then woke up years later and realized what a mistake it was. Now, I don't care if this is 1%, 0.1%. If this is possible, then that is why this is a problem. And of course, we know this is possible. This is a fad, guys. I'm not saying, as you know my opinion, you have a right to do what you want with your own body. Of course. And then on top of that, I believe there are people out there that are, this is, this is just, this is one other aspect of society. But to make it a thing and force it on children and say, look, you could be this or you could do that. That is driving them at a point when they don't even understand what's happening yet. They know that clearly from some level. Now, let's listen to what she has to say. Lee Hill teenager who had been groomed and preyed upon and sexually exploited online to the point of authorities getting involved. I spiraled into a hatred of myself and my body and was told that it was just because I was a boy born in the wrong body and that this would fix me. I was affirmed down a path where I wasn't given any other choice as to what would help me. The very first medical intervention I ever had was a double mastectomy at 16. And then a few months later, I was put on testosterone. I'm now 21, and I will live with the impacts of that so-called care for the rest of my life. In the past four or five months, I have watched as my body has fallen apart in front of me my joints constantly hurting, my vocal cords aching, watching as parts of me atrophy away before my very eyes. And yet at 16, they looked me in the eyes and they told me this was care. They told me it would save me. Despite the fact I was never suicidal, my parents were baited with the idea of would you rather have a dead daughter or a living son? bullied into going along with it. Their biggest crime being trusting those who they thought took an oath to do no harm. It's not about hate detransitioning. It never has been. It's about keeping kids whole. I've, I've worked with children. I've seen them explore the world and I've seen that magic that they have. And doing something like transitioning them takes that away. How can you look me in the eyes and tell me that a child can consent to being changed to an experimental medical industry before they're even old enough to drive or understand the impacts of what that means in the first place? Kids deserve to be kids. They deserve to get to explore the world as a safe and loving place. Now, it's just really sad. You can look at the comments for yourself. It's really, it's, it's yet again, insultingly hypocritical for them to be like, oh, this is just a person being used by the right to achieve. 
Okay, maybe. But it's interesting how you can apply that logic on this side, but not consider how that might be being done with a trans person on the other side. No, because they want to be. Oh, so you know every one of them, huh? They, you know what they want, and you know what she's lying about. Like, it's just pathetic how people today on the team sport politics will ignore what they want on their side and point to the things they want. It's just, it's sad. This person is a real person who has a real experience. And everything she just said is as plainly logical and obvious as anything you've ever seen. We know this is partially happening. To what degree? It is up to you to decide. But if it's happening at all, just like with the injection conversation, this game that's being played where you're not allowed, where children can be coerced and make their own choices, if that's even possible, at an age when they can barely understand what the, what the world is like. They still want to be a, a, a fireman and a superhero and they don't even understand what's going on in the world. But yet you're going to allow them to take hormones that will change their body for the rest of their lives. To literally take action that can change their body forever. But they can't smoke a cigarette, can't join the military, can't drive a car. Totally. Everybody knows what's going on, including the people behind this or people that are brainwashed into lying about what they think is happening. It's very sad. Now, here's another example of how they know this, right? So you know that there are levels of the, the, the corporate media aspect of this is actively trying to game the situation with every other thing, like what, whatever topic you want to point at, COVID, Ukraine, they've got their marching orders, and we all know this by now. Here's an example of how the trans discussion was very clearly, at least just at the beginning, they tried to keep this down. CBS News, this is according to uh, informationliberation.com, but I've seen this been discussed pretty roundly, and it's a New York Times post discussion uh, the leaked document i guess is what came from them cbs news told staffers to avoid any mention of the transgender nashville christian school shooter being transgender now why would that be because there's a pop i mean if you can't see why if i need to explain that then you're not even want to hear what i have to say most likely obviously it's because there's a political motivation how and think about that that's as clear as it gets now, you can argue it's because, they'll, well, they know the right's going to take advantage. doesn't matter. doesn't matter the logic. They're doing it. That's called a lie. That's called obfuscation. That's what they do, guys, on all sides. Left, right, Fox, CNN. That's how this works. Now, as I said in regard to his statement about made in the image of God, how does made in the image of God make any sense whatsoever? It's almost like that statement was crafted to create just the right kind of divide, knowing that this would resonate with the right kind of person on either side of this debate, right? So, you know, they're, they're, this is made to be put out to the, the very religious right side of this that's going to be outraged by the sentiment, who's going to then attack most trans people or all because of what Biden said about it. Does that, does that, do they all think that? How do we possibly know? But it doesn't matter. That's what the end, that's what they achieve, what they're trying to achieve, in my opinion. On the other side of it, well, I mean, you could, the divide is obvious. I don't need to make it a the, the, the breakdown every single time. The game is clear that they're saying made in the image of God to, to an entity that has changed who they are, what they are to achieve what they think. How in the world that's in the image of God? I mean, it's. It's almost like from, I see, I, I, I stop for a reason. You, I, you could make arguments about what some people think on the left and why this is sort of like an undermining of religion. But again, you see, you could step into the perceptions that we're supposed to see each other as all day long, but it's a dangerous game to play. The bottom line is the government is aggressively trying to divide us at every single opportunity. 
Don't take the bait. The main point was the just the right kind of way, the mag trap, creating a situation where you will drive people to take action against other people. And it's the same thing happening in reverse, where you see trans people being driven to take violent action against people that they claim are removing their rights from them, which is not even remotely what's happening. It's alarming. Now, Gans points out an important point to think about, esoteric philosophy. He talked about this in 2011 and made a video on it in 2015. Luciferians believe Adam and Eve was either a hermaphrodite and androgynous until God split them male-female. So Joe is peddling Luciferian interpretations of the Bible here, in his opinion. Take that for what you will. I do think it's an interesting point to be made, seeing as how we've had this conversation, understanding the roots of the two-party illusion all fall back in the same kind of mindset, that the both side of it, the Keynesian argument, the, the Hayek side of it, the left-right paradigm, the false dualism with Malthusian characteristics, the Malthusian concept. The point is that these people stem from the same ideology on either side of this, which is ultimately a sort of Luciferian concept. The idea that by, by lack of morals, they can achieve good things, I guess, essentially, to make it very simple. Assuming good things is what you think that's what they, the bottom line is that it's you could trace this back to the same people, the same entities that both believe in the same kind of mindset, but we act like they're it's the same game. It's the two party illusion. They're all driving you in the same direction. So when you think about it like that, maybe this is the point. Maybe not. It's up for you to decide. But we do know that there's roots that tie back to the same kind of mindset. I believe that there's something real there. Now, one thing I wanted to share before we uh, go forward was a thought that I had that I think is really important to think about. Now, the, the two-party paradigm is such an obvious wedge between... I mean, it's, it's, it's the block. It's stopping us from change. In my opinion, it's pretty much one of the only things that is truly stopping many different times where we've gotten to the, the precipice, where people are seeing things and suddenly we get worked back in with QAnon and Russiagate and whatever else. I was, I was watching... Oh, that's actually... I watched the movie Tetris. On, on Twitter, or on Twitter, on, on Netflix. And it, it raised an interesting thought in my mind. It, there, it's, it takes place in, in the, the early Nintendo days, like the, I think it was the mid, late 80s. And the concept was the, essentially was happening during the fall, the beginning of the fall of the USSR. <clears throat> now, there's a lot in the movie I could discuss that I think is so interesting that speaks to more, in, you know, Robert Maxwell is, you know, the, the CEO of Mirror and Mirsoft was trying to buy the company. I believe there's some intelligence overlap to all of what was happening here. I mean, my thought I had is Tetris is probably some intelligence tool to find out where people are certain, just theorizing. Anyway, all that aside, the thought that I had is interesting. That I thought about the fall of the USSR. And the concept of, right, so before that, you had the Bolshevik Revolution, the concept of the, you know, the rising of communism to, to fight against the, the controlling powers. And throughout history, you can always see this sort of ebb and flowing of, of different types of government, you know, communism, socialism, capitalism, whatever, back and forth and back and forth. Now, what's interesting is throughout history, as we know, every single society at some point has fallen or been revolted against and so on. Revolts and, and coups and stuff, very common. Powers that wish they were today know that. So I question simply if this is what we are, why we're in the situation we are today, whether it's in the, the parliament system of the UK or the very clear two-party system in the United States, that throughout history, people have always eventually revolted against the power. We know that. So it's possible that at some point the powers got together whether it's, you know, across other, just, whether just in their own situation, their own country, and said, how do we stop that from happening? And so they decided to create 
an illusion of a system going back and forth, a two-party illusion. So every four years, we get to feel like we're revolting. Every four years, we get to push back against the power structure and take back the power for us. Is that what's happening? Or are we pushing and fighting against ourselves and failing to see what the real power is, right? Instead of going against the, the true power that controls both sides of this game. I just thought that was an interesting thought. And realizing that throughout history, there's always been that ebb and flow. And for a long time, we've been essentially pacified by feeling like we're fighting that power, but all we're really fighting is ourselves. Maybe that's completely mis misguided. Maybe there's much more to the story, probably. But I just thought that was an interesting thought to consider how the two-party paradigm is being used against us right now. But let's talk about foreign policy. Because obviously that's where this game is being played the longest against other people at our, you know, at our expense, using our tax dollars in our name. Now it's, you know, it always has been pointed at us, but now it's being directed in primarily at us in this country, our own, the, the, the U.S. government. But what's important to see that this is, this is the, the whole like multipolar world discussion is highlighting the fact that the U.S. government is very rapidly losing its cloud, losing its influence around the world. Now that may, I mean, it should kind of scare everybody because it's going to create an unstable situation, probably, especially when the U S government lashes out and takes irrational action to stop that from happening. But we talked about the impending Mexico regime change on this article or this discussion on the 25th of this was, Oh, this was uh, March 25th. This was just recent. Just like we talked about the Bolivia regime change, which ultimately happened. I've mentioned this a few times, and I believe this is coming. I really do. We're going to listen to Lindsey Graham yet again. We pointed out two things just a couple of days ago, where he actually on the record said that he was going to start initiating legislation to deem the cartels terrorists so the U.S. government could invade Mexico. That's not my opinion. That's actually what he said, essentially paraphrasing, but that's what he said, which is just mind-blowing because they, they see Mexico as a subservient. Right. As a vassal state, it's, it's not, but that's how they want it to be. It just shows you how they perceive themselves. And the way Lindsey Graham speaks in this is just I don't even think he realizes the level of hubris he has when he's talking about this, as if he has the right to stand here and make these statements. It's really crazy. I mean, this from a presidential perspective, this should be insulting to the president. Why in the world Lindsey Graham feels like he can stand up and speak to a foreign leader on behalf of the country is kind of crazy. But it says, to the president of Mexico, I'm happy to respond to the questions you posed last week. He says, I want us to work together, but I'm also prepared to do whatever is necessary to prevent deaths of tens of thousands of Americans. Okay, so let's ignore the fact that the U.S. government is completely involved and complicit with the flow and traffic of drugs all over the world, including the United States, and is very clearly complicit in working with groups like these cartels for years and decades in all sorts of different ways, and just whether connected to Mexico or not, the U.S. government has been routinely caught for trafficking cocaine and drugs and human trafficking and all over the world. You could deny it all you want. It's the most easiest thing in the world to prove. Oh, but it's for freedom, though. Who cares? Not even what it's really about. But they'll scream up and down. It's about, you know, we had to do this for, you know, for the, well, we're talking about the Iran-Contra discussion. Well, we were trying to fight for freedom. No, we know the story now, guys. We know what was really going on. And the way you flooded the market with the, the black community with crack cocaine, all this different stuff, wasn't for freedom. There was obvious agendas going on. 
So here we have another game being played where they're starting to frame Mexico as being the core of the problem, when in reality, it's been because of the U.S. actions, whether we're talking about South America, Mexico, the United, everywhere in the world we're talking about, it's obvious to see how their foreign policy has caused most of the problems they use to justify their actions. That doesn't mean they're the only problem in the world. We're just talking about this focal point from Mexico and the United States and what they've done around the world. This is pretty concerning, and it should be because what Mexico could do, especially if they start aligning with other foreign powers, is only going to guarantee what seemingly Graham wants to execute here. Senator Lindsey Graham. Hello, Senator Lindsey Graham here. Uh, yesterday, the president of Mexico asked me five questions. Mr. President, I'm going to give the answer here just in a second. But the first thing I want to do is make a statement. I wish to work with you and your government to deal with the Mexican cartels that exist in your country that are producing fentanyl at an alarming rate, killing thousands of Americans, 70,000 last year from fentanyl poisoning alone. You know, let, let's not pretend for any a moment that the U.S. government cares about your life or the drugs you take. What they care about is control. Which, I mean, the obvious point is to realize that the invasion of Afghanistan saw the increased production of opium by 90% when it had almost been eradicated before by the Taliban. And then suddenly they take over and, oh my God, it floods. 90% increase. And then weirdly enough, the exact correlation was the opioid crisis. Totally not connected though, obviously. So the point is that this is not something they actually care about. You know, we could point at, you know, most of the fentanyl comes from China. So it's odd that they love to focus on the gangs because that's an easy way to make this a point. And he does mention China, but what's interesting is that's a a fraction of the real problem. Most of it comes in the mail. We've talked about this many times. So why then is this really about drugs? It's because that's the way to control the perception, just like the marijuana influx from the dangerous Mexicans back in the original illegalization of cannabis. That's how they did it then. Same thing here. The problem I have with you, be honest with you, Mr. President, is that you deny their areas of your country controlled by drug cartels. Uh, You're in denial. Okay, so what do we take that? How do we take that? Who gets to decide? Right? I mean, no one's presenting evidence, right? We get narratives from the U.S. government. We get propagandized discussions from groups that are completely controlled by the U.S. government. Now, it doesn't mean he's lying. It, doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all if that was the truth. And obviously, AMLO has, is, is incentivized to not say that because he knows that'll make him look weak. Either way, it doesn't matter, does it? Because the U.S. government just gets to say, that's the case and you're lying. Shut up, right? Bolivia was an illegal election. Oh, no, it wasn't. MIT proved it wasn't, but no one cares. It's still not even Morales in power. So the truth doesn't matter. The narrative is what matters. And so all he's doing is solidifying that, oh, you're wrong and that's not true. Well, is, it, is he telling the truth? How many times has Lindsey Graham been caught lying or misleading or being flat out wrong? <laughs> Quite a lot. The map you see behind me, the red areas, are a State Department map telling Americans don't go to these areas because they're too dangerous, controlled by drug cartels. The- right, because we can trust the State Department, right? They never lie. The Secretary of State, the the Secretary of uh, Department of Homeland Security all agree with me that drug cartels operate in your country uh, freely and openly. I'd like to work with you to stop that. Yeah, they also operate in the United States. Easy to prove. But that's okay, though, because we don't want to invade ourselves. We don't care about that. We only care about pointing out what we allow over there so we can use that for our benefit. Yes, call me jaded. Call me a pessimist. I think we have reason to be practice uh, to the questions is fentanyl consumed in the united states yes or no mr president fentanyl is consumed in the united states 
11,000 pounds of fentanyl was seized at the southern border this year, uh, fiscal year. Last year's 14,000 pounds. 11,000 pounds, Mr. President, is enough to kill two and a half billion people. Yes, it's consumed in the United States. Here's the problem. We need to work on that. But uh, two young people from a single family bought two Percocet tablets <laughs> laced with fentanyl. They both died. Right. So we bring it down to a horror story like your dangerous Halloween candy with razors. Quite frankly, I don't even know if I believe that story. Not that it's not possible. Of course, it's possible. But the idea, this is how the government operates, how propaganda works. You, you don't, why would you need to bring it down? Like, but here's the real problem, Mr. President. This, these two kids, this story. That's the real problem. The real problem is that you, this could kill people. Why you need to bring it down to a personalized emotional story is because you're trying to manipulate people, period. So the idea, first of all, is that that's most likely a lie. Just my opinion. But ask yourself, so two Percocet pills, right, that are already drugs that people buy already. So you're telling me that people bought these unknowingly had fentanyl, which, by the way, is not cheap. So you're telling me that somebody went out of their way to lace drugs that they were selling or giving to other people and not telling them about it, which means they're losing money. To what end? So they can just hurt people? Are you, are, is the argument that they're just trying to flood this country with drugs to hurt? That's certainly possible, but that's not what he's saying. He's essentially making the argument that people are doing this because they want to just to do it. Because he's not talking about people knowingly buying fentanyl-laced pills. He's talking about people that get it and don't know it's there. Trust me, it's been written about, we're talking about this very clearly, but that doesn't make sense. The same point I make about Halloween. Are we really going to pretend that people are going to put drugs in candy and not and just to do it and, and laugh the fact that it might be hurting somebody? I mean, it certainly can happen, but you understand this is not, it doesn't make sense. People are losing money when they do that. I just don't buy it, guys. I really don't buy it. But, you know, question it, including, you know, it certainly possibly could be. But something about that doesn't add up to me. And the, the next part as well. An 18-month-old child died from exposure to Airbnb from residual fentanyl. This is a very dangerous drug being put in other drugs. So residual fentanyl. Now, the idea that they could just go into another room, like, these stories don't add up to me. It certainly could be just something left on the counter, I guess, and the baby touched it. And, and I, I just, it seems like a bit of a stretch. But his point, again is that people are putting this in their drugs and they don't know that. I just don't, I mean, th this is only an argument that I think resonates with people that don't understand how this market works, right? I mean, am I crazy? Tell me in the chat. I don't know of anybody who would do that other than a government operation or intelligence operation or some kind of an attack, which again, if that's what he's arguing, this is an attack by cartels, why then? What's the objective? If it's attacked by the government, explain that because the government wants to, I mean, it doesn't add up. You don't just get to accept it unless it makes sense. Question what they're pushing, guys. People that would do this would want to profit from it. It would make sense if he simply just said people are buying extra the new expensive drugs they sold because they are, and then they're dying too. Why would they need to argue that it's happening without knowing? Because they're trying to scare you, right? Connect that dot. They're trying to make you go, oh no, maybe my thing has fentanyl. That's what that's about. The logic isn't there. And Americans are buying it, not knowing it. See? It's produced in your country and drug cartels are operating openly in your country, poisoning the Americans. We need poisoning. See, he's, he's actually making the argument. This is a, like an intent there. So they're wasting their money, not selling the drugs. They're giving you free drugs just to hurt you.
Maybe not kill you, but just hurt you. Because that's the, the cartels are just maniacs that like to see pain. Oh, so now we're back in the Assad game again? He just likes to murder children. I guess that's all they got. Certainly possible, I guess. Doesn't make sense, though, does it? need to work together to stop it. Who deals fentanyl in the United States? Or better yet, are there drug lords and cartels that deal fentanyl in the United States? Yeah, uh-huh. they're called the U.S. government. Mr. President, uh, Mexican drug tar- cartels are operating in our major cities, distributing fentanyl, and we're going after them. <laughs> oh, are you? <laughs> right. So explain this to me. So you literally just admitted that these same cartels are literally actively operating in the United States. But you're focusing on Mexico and saying, you better get your stuff in order or we're going to invade. But they're operating in the United States. Did he think that went through? I guess not. So it's okay that we're going to, we're working on it though. <laughs> well, so are they. It just, does that, it just does not add up. But I want to do more than go after uh, fentanyl dealers in America. Uh, I want to educate the public about the danger of d- uh, drug usage in America. You're right to, to as, insist we do that. But I want to work with you to shut down. Right. So it, it, it does, anyway, I'm going to make a point about drugs or the idea. The point is you have a right to do what you want. Simple. And the idea that you're somehow hurting yourself because of a surreptitious drug you didn't know was there. Like you could make the very clear argument that that's that person's choice. You have a right to take drugs if you want. It wasn't like they were roofied. They made a choice to take drugs. You know what I mean? Like it's just this, this is all about an agenda that has nothing to do with your safety. On these labs. And the first problem we got to come to grips with is that the labs operate openly in Mexico and you're doing nothing about it. They get the precursor drugs from China. And if you don't change your policies, we're going to have to take matters in our own hands. Ah, and there's the threat that you knew was coming, right? So we're going to have to do something about that. What other country gets to do that? Based on their assumption that's just, you know, based on what they're saying is happening. And I mean, are we really going to pretend that we don't think that the U.S. government or the CIA are actively involved with this? I mean, history alone makes that pretty clearly a possibility. Drugs from China and nothing about it. They get the precursor drugs operate openly in Mexico and you're doing nothing about it. All right, that's the point I was thinking about. Like, think about the overlap of saying, you know, what? okay, so we're actively cooking up BSL-4 labs with gain-of-function research and dangerous biosecurity, ep- but, but you better stop them from working on drugs. You know, it's just hypocrites. Right? Like, the idea that ever, they could do whatever they want, anywhere they want, all over the world, but not anybody else. They get the precursor drugs from China, and if you don't change your policies, we're going to have to take matters in our own hands. I want to work with you like we did with the country of Columbia dealing with their cocaine problem. I want to work with you to shut these labs down, but you're not helping. You're- oh, like you did with Columbia. We'll come right back, Graham. You stay right there. Let's take a look. Let's take real quick. Let's just see wh- what work did he do in Columbia? Well, let's go four years ago. Okay. September 19, 2018. Woo, Columbia continues to break records for cocaine production. Well, that's interesting. So he must mean the, for the years after 2018. Right. Seeing as how they were getting record breaking cocaine production at 2018. OK, what about the next year? Oh, wait a minute. It kept going up. Why is Colombia's cocaine production so high? He must meant after 2019. Right. No. April 3rd, 2023. South America's cocaine supply boom shows up in Europe. So what's he talking about then? He must be lying or too dumb to know that he is. I'll let you choose. No. Oh, he doesn't matters in our own hands. I want to work with you like we did with the country of Columbia dealing with their cocaine problem. Okay, so what he really means is we want the cut. 
right? We want in on your process. So we'll step in. It'll still keep happening. We'll just pretend we're working together to, quote, stop the problem, but we'll just keep it going like we did with Colombia. We'll get record-breaking. How about with Afghanistan? You step in, 90% increase. That's what we're going to promise. Wink, wink. I mean, do you really think I'm wrong? I'm just, these are my opinions. I ask yourself how we can stand there so confidently and pretend that Colombia, like we did with Colombia, Okay, so then he's literally going, we're going to increase your fentanyl production just like we did with Columbia as long as you work with us. Show, tell me I'm wrong. I want to work with you to shut these labs down, but you're not helping. You're in denial. Are the people that deal fentanyl in the United States Mexican or American? Mr. President, the fentanyl distribution network in the United States involves Mexican drug cartels and others. The product is primarily coming from your country, being produced in areas where you have no authority or control. And if you don't change this policy, you're going to require America to do things that I don't want to do, but we must do. So, again, this is Lindsey Graham, an individual who is not very well liked, standing up and literally threatening a foreign country with invasion or military action or the suggestion they're in because he decided to. Now, it's not new for this guy. This guy has openly threatened Russia, China, North Korea. I mean, he's a, he's a belligerent ideologue. That's what he is. But just the, just think about how crazy that is. Where's Biden? Don't you, or don't you take issue with this? He's speaking on behalf of the country. Can you buy a machine gun or high-powered weapon in a supermarket in the United States? Yes you or can't, no? Mr. President, you can't buy a weapon commercially unless the person has a firearms license. So that's the key. What program? I don't even know what that's supposed to mean, right? His point is just he's insulting, basically calling out the gun discussion, which is interesting. But what he said is not true. Right? I mean, we all know that's not true. You can buy guns all over the place, whether or not there's laws. That's the whole point about why laws take guns only away from law-abiding citizens. But there's plenty of states out there that are, I mean, Tennessee is, an, is a concealed carry state. You do not need a permit to carry a weapon, period. So he, I mean, so he's either lying, doesn't matter. I mean, these people are just, I, I really do wonder whether they just don't know some of these things and are just that uninformed. But often, I, I mean, I think the easy point is to make that they're just trying to misinform people in very specific ways. programs do you have to support young people with addiction issues? What are you doing to help them? We're spending millions of dollars trying to educate people about the dangers of drugs, particularly fentanyl. Oh, are you? Right. How did that opioid crisis work that never went away? We just stopped talking about it. Success. Right. Oh, no, we gave a bunch of Narcan so they can keep getting their drugs, but they can just not die from it. Cool. Right. These people are disgusting. Like, think about the nerve it takes to point this problem out. And meanwhile, as it's actively being facilitated through this country, but they're pointing over Mexico, at the time when they have done literally nothing other than find the people who knowingly killed people with opioids. That's what they did. That's still going on. You realize there's still an emergency declaration for the opioid crisis? They didn't even talk about it. It's just disgusting. People are buying amphetamines to study for a test. They find out it's laced with fentanyl too late and they're dead. Oh, okay, but it's okay they buy drugs for, to, for tests, right? You, you, think about what he just said. They're drying, buying drugs for tests and then they find it's laced. So the problem is that it's laced, not that they're buying drugs for testing or that most of these kids don't even need to because they all have ADHD and everything else or rather, you know, uh, Ritalin or whatever else they get these days. They crush up and snort and actively do so and they all share it with each other. I mean, I, we all know this. That's okay though because our pharmaceutical companies are profiting off of it.
out it's laced with fentanyl too late and they're dead. It's the leading cause of death, fentanyl poisoning, from 18 to 45-year-olds in America. No, it's not. 100% no, it's not. It's the injection they're giving people. Clearly. Last year, 70,000 Americans died from fentanyl overdoses. A lot yeah, well, we get, we're looking at hundreds of thousands. We're talking about the injections, but they don't care about that. They don't care about your life. They really don't. A lot of times people have no idea they're taking fentanyl. 11,000 pounds was seized this year alone coming in from your country. Last year, there's 14,000 pounds. It's made in your country with a connection to China, and you're not doing Oh, you see, and they look casually skips over that. No, the vast majority comes from China. Your, the, gov the U.S. government's own documentation, their own research shows that. I literally just talked about this. But they don't care because they're not, China's not, they can't benefit from Mexico with pointing at China. So they can't, they're going to point at China too when they want to. Right now, this is about the game with China, or excuse me, the game with Mexico. So we'll use it however we want. Doing much about it. Final thought, Mr. President. Let's work together. If you choose not to work with me, I'm going to do everything in my power to use the laws of the United States the to laws. destroy these drug cartels and whatever is necessary to protect Americans from dying by the tens of thousands, I will do. Right. Using the laws. But, and what he means by the laws is the bastardization of our constitution. Basically, illegally vote. Basically, the point is, as I've often said, just because something becomes law doesn't make it legal. In fact, specifically constitutional. If anything is repugnant to the Constitution, it's null and void. Mayberry versus Madison. They don't care about that. There's so many things now that are unconstitutional that are directly repugnant to the Constitution. They don't care. But if, it, if we ever come back around to a, an actual understanding of the Constitution and upholding the law, well, a lot of these broken laws will not be upheld. But in his case, what he's actually talking about is just arbitrarily deeming this group of, of terrorist group, as much as it's not that much of a stretch. We can all agree that these groups are pretty terrible. But then because you deem them that, then just going, well, because that's the, their designation, even though we just decided that, that means we can invade the country and do what we want about it. That's not law. That's not legal. I mean, that's straight up. That's terrorism. I mean, just under the guise of what you claim is the law. It's crazy. But here, you know, here, let's not forget how he helped Colombia, right? I mean, even during the time of uh, the focus on Venezuela, you know, that that moment's biggest threat to our democracy before it was the North Korean biggest threat to our democracy. Then it was ISIS biggest threat. Now it's the Ukraine, you know, whatever. The biggest threat to our democracy is that moment. During the Venezuelan biggest threat to our democracy, it was Colombia that was the idea that, oh, they were arguing that Venezuela was the, the key production of cocaine. And they were lying. They knew they were lying. And the moment the, the focus went away, well, it's obviously Colombia again. You know, the group the U.S. is working with. But it's a problem when Venezuela produces cocaine. But Colombia, it's okay because we're, they're on our side. That's the point, guys. They are profiting from the sale of illicit drugs because they don't care. And, of course, Mexico is now planning to join BRICS, right? The alternative grouping in regard to a new monetary system or a new dollar, a new, uh, you know, some, a, a new dollar, what's the term, not dollar, new currency pegged to something else, not oil, not the U.S. government tied to it. Right. And this is I guarantee you this is going to cause conflict just like it always has. Anytime somebody tries to break away, knowing that they're building something outside the, the control of the U.S. government, as we've seen historically, they lash out. For freedom, right? Mexico's expressed its interest in joining the BRICS group of emerging economies, which currently consists of Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa. Right. I mean, Brazil, India, these are essentially allies. Right. So the, pro the point, I think South Africa, it's interesting. 
the U.S. government is losing its influence. And like a dying animal, they're lashing out. So we'll see what happens. I hope nothing bad happens because this is going to be a terrible thing on the border of the United States and Mexico. Now, speaking to other foreign policy blunders and other terrorist acts, we have the U.S. government involved with Israel and Ukraine, and both of those governments continue to assassinate people and murder people abroad with zero consequence. And understand, this isn't even debatable. Israel just literally bombed Syria four times in a process of a week. Nobody cares other than people like us. Civilians died. They bombed the inter- the airport of Damascus. Can you imagine that happening any other country in the West? Or if it was in reverse, God forbid, this would be we'd be in war right now. But, you know, because they claim Iran bad guy, even though Iran's an ally and allowed to be in Syria, which makes no legal sense, but nobody cares because these are the people you're not supposed to call out. The West, Israel, the UK, France, you're not supposed to call them out. They're the they're the right powers. Whereas the the bad guy, China, Russia and everybody else that's not on the U.S. side, bad guy. Simple as that, right? Go back to sleep. That's all you need. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very sad. I mean, but here is what is actively being done. And understand, these governments see this. They know this. They're aware it's happening, which means they either don't care or are being essentially coerced into not saying anything. Suspect charged with terrorism offenses over killing of Russian military blogger. This has been happening repeatedly. Remember, we talked about this right in the beginning. I think it was like so many months into this, there was a, or maybe it was more of like a year into this, we saw the Ukrainian blogger who was assassinated in, in his car. Why? Because he dared to report the facts on the ground. And the corporate media didn't care. In fact, it was praised by most people that this was a bad guy saying bad things, working with the Russian government, so he's a spy, he's a terrorist. No, he was just a blogger reporting what was going on. They murdered him in his car, assassinated him, and then praised it. Remember the guy that was going to speak out in 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 in, uh, in the legislative branch or the uh, the parliament? What is it in the Ukraine? Is it the parliament or is it just in in a government process? He was going to the going to the building and going to speak, going to make a statement. And they shot him dead in front of the courthouse, or was a court? I forget. Was it anyway? I, I forget what process he was going to. The point was he was a politician. So many things have happened and it's crazy. He was shot in the back of the head, and they praised it. They talked about it. They said he was working with Russia. This guy was a politician. Well, here's another example. April 4th, Russian authorities have formally charged Daria Trapova with terrorism offenses over the killing of Russian military blogger Vladlin uh, Tatarsky under the criminal code pertaining to a terrorist act committed by an organized group that resulted in the deliberate infliction of death or on a person. Tatarsky died in an explosion at a cafe in the center of St. Petersburg. Can you imagine how this would happen in reverse? Right. If something in the middle of New York City happened and it was blamed on Russia, we'd be in the middle of World War Three. But you have Ukraine for the third time assassinating somebody in Russia or as a second time. I believe there was the <coughs> excuse me. We had, it was a Dugan's uh, daughter, I believe, as well as this individual. But I thought there was a third one. Regardless, we're talking about assassinations in the middle of Russia. From Ukraine and not just that, that it's debatable they're praising this they are calling it they are taking credit for it just like they have in the past on their channels or discussions of course the corporate media acts like we don't know for sure we can't confirm 
Petrovsky died in an explosion in a cafe in the center of St. Petersburg, where he was appearing as a guest of a, of a was of course, they frame as a pro-war group, <laughs> which just simply means he's on the side of Russia, I guess. It says investigators allege that Tropova, acting at the behest of Ukraine, brought a statue filled with explosives to the venue and handed it to him. Now, what I love about the way CNN is just so painfully propaganda, like they are ridiculous, like the worst clownish example of a false journalist. Investigators, so people investigating the situation, allege that word in itself is trying to undermine that it's true. They're claiming that this person literally handed the person the statue at the event. You know why they're claiming that? Because it's on video, because there's witnesses, because it happened. But they're, well, they allege the investigators, you mean, the people that are literally, okay, they allege, we're not sure. But it subsequently exploded, killing him and injuring more than 30 innocent civilians at the rally. That's what Ukrainians and you, the people supporting Ukrainians are actively doing. Now, it says that one 25-second video shows Tatarsky standing with the event's host, receiving an unexpected gift. But we don't know. We're, we're not sure. Video shows the blogger taking the statue out of the box, a small figurine painted gold and wearing a combat helmet in his likeness. The footage then pans over to a woman in the audience, purportedly Terpova. It was her. You can see her. Russian state media, TAS, TAS, reported that, quote, preliminarily it was Tripova who handed Tatarsky a figure with explosives at the cafe. A witness then said, yes, he gave them the statue at the event. Another clip shot from further back in the room shows an interaction between Tripova and Tatarsky before the blast. So we know they were both there. We know that they interacted. We know that one was basically once she gave him the statue, they said, hey, no, come sit over here. And she said, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit over there. I'm shy. <laughs> so then, purport, then goes on to try to get further away because totally wasn't involved. Then, it go, then this is they follow up by saying, there's no evidence. No evidence has been presented about who carried the bombing. I don't think CNN understands what the word evidence means. Proof, you could argue there's no proof. Despite, despite the fact that you would argue the video and witnesses are pretty much on that line. But evidence are the witness testimony. Evidence is the videos. Evidence is everything we just went over. But they follow, well, there's no evidence. Maybe that's because you want people to think that. A male inter- interrogator asked Tropova what she did at the cafe. She replied that she brought the figurine, but declined to answer who gave it to her. But we're still not sure, though. We still don't know. Why? Well, because all they're going to do is say, well, Russia could lie. They could do Well, of course they could. So could you. But what's amazing is when this is in reverse, everything Ukraine says is 100% true because Russia lies. It's amazing, isn't it? Despite Ukraine repeatedly getting caught lying about everything under the sun, which is not my opinion. They've admitted to lying about the rape story, about the Viagra story, about the ghost of Kiev, about 15 other things. But CNN doesn't even get into the all the evidence they just listed off and all they're going to go is we don't know. Human rights active advocates, advocates, excuse me, and international observers say Russian police routinely use torture and ill treatment to extract confessions and Russia security go- services use coercion and entrapment to recruit informants among Russians. Of, sure, why not? What does any of that have to do with witnesses, video, and interrogation? I guess you could argue that they forced the statement out of them, but then how do you make sense of the video and the statue? And the, you see what I mean? This is pathetic. This is them mental gymnastics trying to act like all those people got sick in East Palestine and they all threw up and everything was the same, but it could have been fatigue. <laughs> Picture me doing mental gymnastics. <laughs> That's what I'm doing, actually. You can't see me. <laughs> it's just like, it's just, I can't, it's just ridiculous. Like, 
kindergarten level pathetic. I guess, well, I don't know. Not all gets mean to kindergartners, actually. CNN's way worse. But it goes on to say, with Rush, within Russia, suspicion has fallen on Ukrainian special services. Yeah, because, the, again, same points. Informal Russian opposition groups and associates of the jailed opposition leader, though his supporters have denied having anything to do with it. That's the closest they get to insinuating that this is an obvious case that it is. Pathetic. And in case you really want to understand the truth, it's as obvious as it actually gets. Eva Bartleson pointing this out. Pat Wyatt Reed, Patrick Lancaster, all the on the ground have been very clear about how they've been bombing the hotels they were staying at, trying to get them, continually being stopped. They are trying to kill these people. And she says, how cute. Instead of doing a report on the fact that Ukraine has me on a kill list for her journalism, Canadian state-funded CBC seems to be gearing up to do a smear piece on her instead. Why? Because they are online with the agenda and don't care that they're trying to assassinate these people. She is on the kill list. You can read it for yourself. It's undeniable, guys. The list is publicly available, which is why Roger Waters says, I'm on the list too. Why? Because he is. Think about the fact that you have American citizens on a list of people to kill and your government doesn't care. How much more clear does that need to get? Jeffrey Young says, I've been on the same kill list since August 2022. If I get killed, it's probably the CIA or Ukrainian Nazis are both working together. Now, here is a picture of Dugina, uh, Daria Dugina and, uh, the, and, the, and uh, Tartarsky, the one that was just killed. Just show it. She was just she was assassinated and they laughed about it, praised it. What did Russia do? Did Russia carry out a nuclear strike like you would expect the kind of blustering to happen? For, no. Apparently, they just continued with what they were doing. Think about the U.S. government doing that. Do you think Biden or Trump are even capable of not acting in aggression to something? I mean, you have a right to, don't you? you? If This is nothing if not an act of war. But for them to not do so, it just simply shows restraint. It shows you the kind of people that at least they're trying to project that they are. Quite a bit different than what they're being framed as, right? Both were on the NATO hosted Ukrainian kill list, which Russian media personality will be killed next. Nobody seems to care. Now, <clears throat> Matt Nilsson points out, and this is his opinions, but you, you can find all of this on these Telegram channels, which you can find. But it's, what's interesting to me is that these people can post this stuff openly. Like we talked about them when they were dipping bullets in pig fat to kill Muslims. You know, because they're all about equity and, and, and sustainability and, and non-racism. No, the exact opposite. They're open racists and open bigots that are murdering people for ethnic agendas. And But no, we don't, we don't care to talk about that. These are the people your government are working with. But the point is, they openly talk about this stuff on these channels, and you can find it if you care to look. Relatives of Daria Trapova allegedly said that in recent months, she lived on the money that were paid to her by these Ukrainian journalists. She shared with friends and family plans to move to Ukraine where she was promised a job. But first, the girl was asked to carry out a small assignment. As a rule, to transfer something from place A to place B. Is it possible that handing the bomb to Tartarsky was one of those tasks? since she stayed in the cafe after the bomb was delivered. Maybe she didn't know. But she did seemingly, on the record, make a point to get far away from him, so I don't believe that. She knew what she was doing. Did she, did she know what she was doing? The version of Daria was used for evil purposes by the professionals of the enemy's intelligence service is also supported by the law enforcement officers who are investigating. So these seem to be sentiments people are sharing. The search for all those involved in the attack continues. He says also the terrorist attack in St. Petersburg was planned with the involvement of agents from among persons collaborating with the Navalny Anti-Corruption Foundation, of which the detained Tropova is an active supporter. 
The Ukrainian special services planned the murder of military correspondent Vladimir Tatarsky with the involvement of agents from among the supporters of the FBK. Alexei Navalny, recognized as a foreign agent in Russian Federation, the National Anti-Terrorism Committee said. Daria Trapova, who was previously detained on suspicion of blowing up a cafe, is allegedly an active supporter of Navalny. The NAC added that it's an investigation into all the circumstances of the terrorist attack is currently underway. On verified reports, Trapova claimed she was told figurine contained wiretap and not explosives, and her da- task was to listen to him. But I'm sure this will flesh out. But here's the thing. No matter what comes out of it, if it's against what the U.S. government wants you to think, they're going to call it fake news and say Russia's lying. We know this. People like, what's it? Uh, I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden. Um, shoot. You can find it really quickly. The guy who is a CIA asset, like on the record, who is who's basically spoke up and said that they're knowingly giving you fake information about Russia because... That's the game we're playing right now. And it's okay though, because we're doing it for freedom, right? Here it is. Ken Delanian. NBC News national security correspondent Ken Delanian live in Washington. They're also suggesting that Ukraine has biological and chemical weapons in Ukraine. That's a clear sign he's considering using both of those. Talking about that was based on declassified intelligence, but we're also told the intelligence wasn't very clear about what exactly was going on. And they decided to, dis- to disclose it as a way of deterring uh, Russia from doing that and putting the world on notice. We've never seen this level of information warfare before from the U.S. government. Another example was when they announced that Russia had gone to China uh, to ask for help with, what, with getting some weapons. That hasn't come to pass yet. Yes, and it was- One U.S. official telling you it doesn't even have to be solid intelligence when we talk about it. <laughs> I mean, just it's just pathetic that we can be open. That's on the record. They came out and because they knew people saw what was happening and just gave you a little bit of a bone. Yeah, we kind of lie, but it's because we're battling Russia. So you have to be on our side, right? Because they're lying to you. They are literally making up stories because freedom. I mean, that's what they want you to think. That's what they'll want you to say. Is that what's happening? I mean, for crying out loud, the history of this country is blatantly obvious. We need to see it. That does not mean that the U.S. country, that the, the America, that America, the United States, is evil or bad or needs to be destroyed. It's the government who has led us here. The people of this country, I believe, are good. That's why they pretend to be good. They think we want, they at the very least think we want good, so they pretend to be good. Right, so we understand that because people right now are trying to conflate this. So we have entire factions trying to argue that the entirety of the United States is bad and needs to go away. And I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that it's the governments that have led us here that are trying to pit us against ourselves. Patrick Lancaster just comes out trying to just speak, re- just listen to him, guys. Ukraine is now using terrorist attacks to kill journalists. Come on, world, wake the f up. I mean, really, it's just a kind of crazy to think about. Like, he, this guy is pleading with you. His family has been threatened. They are literally murdering journalists outside of Ukraine. And yet the world is, at least the Western powers, are just blatantly ignoring it. Think about how much that violates the things they pretend to care about. Jeffrey Lafredo, po- uh, Lafredo points out the ICC, as we've already talked about, alleges Putin is running Ukraine child abduction re-education camps, right? Sir, it wouldn't surprise me. 
Governments are crazy. But he points out by visiting one of those camps in person, you know, like a real journalist, and by getting the chief U.S. funded investigator to corroborate his findings via phone call, they debunked that this is the case. You can read it. This is from the gray zone. You can read it for yourself. It says, wow, I couldn't imagine trying to muddy the waters on what Russia is doing in Ukraine for any amount of personal gain. Interesting insight into the character of this individual. So this person tells you they went on the ground. They went on the ground. They proved that that wasn't what was happening. And then, in fact, corroborated their findings with the chief U.S. investigator. Read it for yourself. And this person then goes, I can't believe you would muddy the water. So you don't like facts then? You don't like investigative research? Or investigative reporting, rather? Like, the fact that this goes against what we they want to be the case, it suddenly becomes bad guy. These people don't care about facts. They don't care about information. They care about narrative control. And they don't even realize they're doing it, I would argue. Imagine trying to tell the truth about what's going on. Yeah, that's what we try to do. The point is, we're lied about, lied to about all of this stuff. It doesn't mean that the Russian government's not capable of doing all the same. The point is, they have to manufacture these lies. And at the very least, that suggests that it's not easy to prove. Or you could argue, not happening at all. Only only two real logical things you can realize. Now, also Israel doing the same thing. This is not new. We've been trying to call this out for the longest time. And it's, it's gaining more attention, thank God. Israeli airstrikes kill an Iran, an Iran Revolutionary Guard member in Syria. Iran now vows revenge. The last time this happened, it took a while, but they did strike back. Now realize that what they're actually hitting here, especially when we're talking about attacks in Iraq and then the U.S. bombing Syria, which, you know, they try to pretend makes sense because Iran and everywhere, and that's not what's happening. Like, it's just so pathetic. Now, Iran is an ally of Syria. They're allowed to be there if they were, if that's even what they attacked. But it seems pretty clear that they're bombing the PMU, which is a which is a part of their militaries, which actually gets their arms and armaments from what the U.S. government gives them in Iraq to some degree. But on top of that, these are the 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 reason that we have this kind of back and forth where they're bombing back the cartouche rockets and the flying back and forth like they want to make this only about Iran. The only people acting illegally here are the U.S. government and Israel. They are actively conducting illegal wars, illegal bombings, human. They are committing war crimes every single time this happens. Vanessa Billy points out that yesterday Israel targets again Damascus, including the airport, which is primarily civilian aviation. Israel's pushing for war. Syrian air defense respond have responded and destroyed some of the missiles. Just after midnight, Israel attacked the Syrian capital of Damascus, killing two civilians, a crime against humanity. doesn't matter what you argue. There's no declaration of war. There is no legal justification by saying Iran's there, especially when they don't prove it. And even if they did, it wouldn't matter because it's not a crime. It says this is the fourth violation of Syrian sovereignty in less than a week and the uncountable violation of international laws. Nobody cares in the U.S. government. How do you explain that? Well, because the bad things happening to people that they don't care about. So laws don't matter, which shows you that they never matter. It is simply selectively applying. Now, an interesting continuation on this last two points before we finish with some uh, East Palestine conversation is that they wanted you to think this, the whole the revolution and the protests happening 
in Israel were all about the reforms, right? Same like with, with France. Oh, it's about the retirement age. Well, it plays a factor. But guess what? Just like we've seen in the past when they lie to you about what's really going on, despite the fact that Netanyahu said the judicial reform project was suspended, the protest just kept going. They didn't stop. You know why? Because it's not about that. It is in part, but this is about the, the world sees what's happening. It's about the lockdowns. It's about the COVID-19 mania. It's about the Great Reset. It's about the WHO treaties. It is about them being suppressed, about them being stepped on, being experimented on. The Israeli people know this, right? They know that they were, they've been, they've admitted it. They experimented on you with Pfizer. We used you to find out what would happen. He was bragging about that. They're not happy about that. Then on top of it, you got Netanyahu stepping in and starting to change everything to the point where he's not even legally accountable ever, which is basically where they already are. So guess what? It keeps going. Just like in France. Freddie Ponton, we're gonna, I'm going to be having him on at the end of the week. Are we meant to believe this is only about a pension reform? It's not, guys. This is much bigger than that. My God, you see, look, that guy just threw one of those things right up against these people. They're not being violent, though. That can that can hurt somebody, especially if there's kids or, or I mean, but like not like I need to make this point. France has just gone over the edge with this. They don't care. They really don't. They're wildly beating people and nobody seems to say anything about it because, oh, the France is on our side. But of course, you know, yeah, uh, Khamenei sneezes too hard in Iran and all of a sudden they war crimes and terrorism. It's just it's just sad. It makes you not believe anything they're saying and it makes you believe everything the other guy's saying. It's not the way it should go. We should be questioning all of them. But it's like it's having the opposite effect. You think it is. But we'll, we're going to come back to this and get into this conversation at the end of the week. Uh, it's I'm going mean, to I'll follow up on anything that happens up until then as well. But my God, the world is pushing back, guys. We need to see it. Protests are rising up around the world because everybody sees what's happening. Time for us to capitalize on that. Now, one of the locations right now that is actively being ignored, which I'm, you know, again, as I've said before, I'm, I'm just blown away at how obvious this is. Now, we've just talked about this. Now, I'm glad I'm glad to see other people kind of talk. Weirdly enough, it seems that this is only kind of resurfacing in like the last couple of days. We talked about this on the 31st. CDC teams studying East Palestine got sick. This was a month after they said everything was fine. Why is that not the biggest story? I mean, it should have been everywhere, but it wasn't because they knew what it showed. So these people in CNN or Fox News didn't seem to care, didn't seem to make it clear to you because they have their marching orders, guys. The Uniparty. But as I said, but the EPA tests just said that there was no risk, right? And that you're safe, CDC. So based on your demeanor with COVID, we should all just assume that the illness was just in your head, right? Obviously, I'm being facetious. So you get seven people that come down with all kinds of the same exact symptoms of the people in East Palestine. This is interesting, the same symptoms that are supposed to happen after the illness, after the chemicals they come in contact with. But my point is, well, the way they deal with the same thing with the injection, right, that we know it can cause this, but when it happens, we dismiss it. Then we're going to call you all crazy then, right? You must all be imagining it. See how stupid that is? I said sort of how you disregard the issues of all the COVID-injected Americans. But this, I just can't believe 
I mean, I'll just show it to you. I shared it right there. I just said, great, great obfuscation. Excuse me, journalism, CNN. Get this. This is the article. CNN team studying East Palestine. Oh, that's weird. Hmm. I even used the new highlighter and it didn't work. But it went away. Huh, that one's still there. That's pretty strange. Hmm. Thought I'd corrected it. Well, in any case, I actually know where this one is. I believe we're talking about here. A CDC spokesperson said seven of the 15 investigators experienced symptoms, including sore throat, headache, cough, nausea, which, of course, just coincidentally, are exactly the similar symptoms that residents are having. And also just coincidentally are exactly the symptoms you'd expect when coming in contact with the things they tell you aren't happening there. What a coincidence, right? Okay, well, it says CNN reported that whether exposure to the chemicals or fatigue caused the symptoms is unclear. That's actually what they wrote. So we're going to pretend that 15 people went to the location where we're pretending and there's not a problem, despite all the people that's sick in the town, and that seven of those 15 people had the exact same symptoms at the same time and then ask whether we think it makes sense that sore throat, headache, and nausea are what happens when you get fatigued. Do you, you realize how insultingly that is? Like, that is... I mean, I can't even think of something. To, I, they don't care that they look that stupid. Pretty crazy. But an official familiar with the cases told the outlet that the workers were suspicious that they became ill at the same time. And had the same symptoms. <laughs> but we don't know for sure. It seems unclear whether or not. <laughs> just Like, I'm not one to assume. I'm not saying we should assume. But to argue into, like, why not just make it about, maybe it was aliens. That's just as likely as the dumb fatigue option that just makes no sense at all, just like aliens. But let's, why not? The investigators were taking, house to, taking a house-to-house -house survey. So not only were they ill which means they were contaminated, but then they went and proceeded to go house to house infecting everybody else too. Rock and roll. The agency spokesperson said that the symptoms resolved for most of the team members later in the afternoon, okay? So one more point to add to the idiocy of the Republic, or excuse me, I believe I said CNN, this is The Hill. There's another CNN point that I'm gonna get into. Regardless, oh no, it was CNN that says this, CNN reported, so I'll take it back. But there's also another CNN report, shocking, that makes them look stupid. We'll get to it in a second. But so add to this, not only do they go, we're not sure it could be fatigued, but how often when you're fatigued, which, you know, means you've worked all day and you're tired, how often do you then go home and then get rid of the fatigue at the end of the day? Right. So they haven't rested, right? They're sick. They're home. They go home and then at the end of the night, they feel better. That's fatigue though, right? You go home and you haven't rested yet, but suddenly you feel better. No, it says that all the workers were able to continue their work within 24 hours. They said the affected members have not reported any lingering health issues. Well, we'll ask them in a couple of years and see if they have cancer. A spokesperson said the survey collected process, collection process will conclude Friday and the staff will analyze the data and provide it to Ohio and Pennsylvania state health officials. <clears throat> well, great. Well, I guess we'll wait another month and hope everything's okay. Good thing this was being done in the beginning. No. Good thing that we had to force this out of the government's groups that were supposed to be protecting you. Uh, like what? A few weeks ago? And still, it hasn't even come to pass. We don't even know what's going on yet. Still. I think that was it. It's going on to say, yeah, I think that was basically it. I was, I'm just making sure I didn't miss anything. So next one. 
I don't know why we don't see more of this. This is from yesterday. We are. Why are we just finding out the CDC officials fell ill while investigating East Palestine derailment? Every one of these examples shows you the real issue here, guys. Why? Because they didn't want you to know. Because they just hoped you wouldn't find out. Why would they do that? Because they're covering something up. They're hiding something. Or because they just don't want you to know that people are sick so they can scoot away from the problem. So they can not be accountable. Whether it's Norfolk or EPA or one of the other captured agencies. They withhold information and they lie to you. Here's what it says. Oh, and just always also point out, this is from Town Hall, April 3rd. Right? I'm going to show you that everybody everywhere, other states, everything, which you already know, are still very aware that dioxins are a problem in all of this. Right? That doing what they did, and even they put the quote, controlled in quotes, because it wasn't controlled, that can release dioxins. Not can, it did for sure. So think about how amazing it is that we're still very obviously aware that this is a problem. And EPA, as far as I can tell, is still not even actually testing these things. They've already sent all sorts of shipments that they didn't test that I can prove were sent before they even said they were going to begin testing. And I'm going to show you why, again, that I'm certain about this. Not, I mean, at least in one part of it, on why I think that they are either pretending they didn't test when they did or just never have. It says, but now... Weeks later, the CDC is admitting that, quote, multiple investigators in East Palestine, Ohio, fell ill while studying possible health impacts from the train derailment. I believe this was the, this was in the first week of March. And we didn't find this out until the end of March, the 31st. More than three, almost a month goes by, and they didn't tell people that were actively being told by the EPA that there was not a problem, that the CDC got sick while they were there. That's a, I mean, that's a crime. That is literally, they, they are li- like, right now we, talk, we talked with um, Brian Festa about the EPA lawsuit. That's the primary focus of the point is that they knowingly withheld information that they would that put you at risk. They can go to jail for that. And I guess they don't care. So that is another example. Hopefully Brian Festa includes this in what they're doing. It says, raising more questions about what the Biden administration and other public health officials knew and how they decided what to tell residents and when. So at the very very least, they withheld information. It says, on March 6th, seven members of a 15-person crew conducting assessment of chemical exposure surveys at East Palestine reported symptoms. Everything we just told you, coughing, nausea, and so on. According to the Federal Health Agency, these symptoms are consistent with what residents and other first responders have described. Imagine a situation where you have most of the town suffering the same symptoms. you got first responders who suffered the same symptoms. All those symptoms match up with the chemicals that are supposed to be there. Then you get the CDC who have the same symptoms, and you still go, well, maybe. Maybe it was fatigue. Maybe we don't know for sure. How, how does this, how do we even exist? We live in a cartoon, as Steve likes to say. How is this real? How is it that obvious? And yet we're still debating this. ABC News was careful to note in its report that it is unclear if the investigator's symptoms came from the toxic chemicals that have been released in the environment. Seriously? But it comes after government officials and Norfolk Southern representatives repeatedly guaranteed the air and drinking water was safe. There you go. So they, they lied. Everyone is getting sick and they're just gaslighting you. So Biden doesn't care. Trump, Trump's not speaking up. Like, not like he has an obligation to at this point. My point is left, right, nobody. No one's saying anything. Because that's how this works. 
But quick, let's point at a Chinese balloon. Let's point, let's attack every group, one person in a single group is one thing because they want us fighting each other. Meanwhile, you're all being poisoned. And I mean that, not just in Ohio, guys. This is everywhere. Let's not forget, on March 17th, even The Guardian came out and said levels of these chemicals are above safe limits. And yet, apparently nothing mattered. It just kept going forward. We already showed you this. All of a sudden, they all seem to care, right? PFAS has been a problem for decades. And then suddenly, after this one event where we all start pointing at it, everyone comes out and cares. Today, to the, the, uh, the Today Show, exposure to PFAS can reduce women's fertility by 40%. What are we doing about it? Well, guess what? We've known that for 20 years. Why now do you care? Interesting how they all suddenly care about this long-ignored problem. Ask why then the EPA despite them all clearly knowing about this, ask why they weren't testing then for either PFAS or dioxins when they started shipping the, the, the soil, right? I think it's pretty clear that we all, they're going, yeah, it's been there forever. It's a problem. Here's a CNN. We've been drinking dangerous chemicals for far too long. Okay, the point is clear. They know that it was there. They've known this has been a kind of ubiquitous background problem. So again, why then did they not test it? What, so that means they chose to keep that because they didn't want to have to deal with it. So this speaks to a much bigger problem that apparently got focused on because of their either this mistake or plan or whatever you think it was. But suddenly we're going, what about all the stuff that was already there? What about this huge problem? What about benzene and PFAS and dioxin and all this stuff that seems to have been there for 20 years that you seem to have written about, talked about, obfuscated? Well, they don't want to test because then how do they deal with a thing they don't want to deal with? Here's what I said about the CNN post. Suddenly they care about PFAS or dioxins. Well, only after no folks disaster. When the average person started to take notice of the deadly level of background contamination that was already there. Here's an interesting point. This is from April 3rd. Researchers give update on findings in testing samples in East Palestine. River Valley Organization held a virtual meeting, virtual, of course, because, you know, they don't, they don't want to go to the sickly, deadly town, to provide an update on the research being done in East Palestine following the train derailment. In Sunday's research update, Andrew Welton from Purdue University says his team has made four trips to East Palestine. They've collected hundreds of samples on wells, house water, creeks, and soil. Well, if you're thinking this is going to end with some kind of result, there's nothing. Giving updates on the findings, that's... Just bad titling. That's not what happens here. Like, this is what's crazy to me. It says the teams is helping people answer four questions. What chemicals should we be looking for? Where do the chemicals go? How do you return infrastructure or homes to safe use? What were, are the chemical exposures? What's mind-blowing is that this is what should have been done by EPA and the government and the CD, everybody else, February 4th. But no. They told you you were fine. They let the company that did it cover everything up, literally cover it up, which they then had to dig back up after they let the train run over it. That's a real story. And then this independent group is the one coming in trying to explain things to you. Pretty clear. Not Norfolk, not the government. Then it says they are screening for a variety of different compounds. Water pH, volatile organic compounds, the raw general VOC, Semi-volatile organic compounds. PFAS is one of them. Total petroleum, heavy metals, and ions. Well, weird. Apparently, 
just like we told you, they're still not testing for dioxins. How is that possible when seemingly everybody knows that's the pro- that's at least one of the things that should be a problem or could be a problem? Everybody, all the independents, every group testing who has found them there, but they're not doing it still. I believe there's an obvious reason why. Now, PFAS is interesting to me because I do think that is some, maybe I think I think maybe they want us to focus on just the PFAS discussion. That's why all these articles are suddenly coming out going, these things are there. We now suddenly care. But don't look at the dioxins. How is that possible? <laughs> My voice went too high right there. How is that possible? How is that not a cover-up? So anyway, so they test for these things. They are not the government, apparently. But realize if they're testing for PFAS now, well, that means, again, that they were shipping these things before doing so. Why would they even do that? How is that anything but dishonest? Welton says in order to calculate... health risks from exposure, agencies should be testing for the same chemicals, which we know that they're not, which is by design, guys. Agencies were not actually aligning what they were testing for. How do you explain that? Even though they were under a a unified command. You see, that's a choice, guys. That's a way to hide what's happening. We encourage them to start testing for things across the board. We hope they'll move in that direction. Yeah, you know, let's give another three months and maybe they'll start doing the right thing. Sure, glad they care. Norfolk Southern has not made any testing data publicly available. How is that possible? April 4th, right? We're talking two months, two months, and they have not even given them, there's zero publicly available information about what their tests have found. What do you think that means? Quote, it's unclear exactly what Norfolk Southern is looking for. If they found the same list, if they're looking for other chemicals, they don't know. He wants to know where the plume of chemicals traveled. Think about that. They don't even know the actual the actual mapping direction of where this plume actually went because they're not being told. Two months. What doesn't that matter to the other areas? People in Pennsylvania, don't they want to know if it actually went in their direction or something else? Or they just are this is people are being allowed to suffer, guys, not just in Ohio. Anywhere this is a problem, people are just being allowed to suffer because if they just keep it going and we keep pointing at balloons and everything else, people are already forgetting. Quote, we need an atmospheric model to show where the plume went, where the materials deposited. You'd think it would have been done right away, right? No, because they don't want to know. From there, you can overlay with that geography and find out. Is that within the 20-mile radius? God forbid we should want more information, right? He says because that has not been released which is mind-blowing. He isn't sure how soil testing plans are being made, which probably means they're not. But yeah, but we're all conspiracy theorists. Let's just not care. You know, Flint, Michigan, all over again. Here is a report from April 3rd connecting the East Palestine derailment to the uh, Yao Watershed. It's Pennsylvania. Mountain Watershed Association has received many inquiries from residents in the area worried about the impacts. It says there may be long-term issues associated with the derailment affecting our watershed, including acid rain and the toxic waste collected and removed from the site. Great. So apparently Pennsylvania is going, yeah, we're you know possibly having problems. But over here in Ohio, where it happened, they're going, you're fine. Shut up. Nothing's wrong. But totally, totally, we're all conspiracy theorists. Nothing's happening, right? Additional requests came in for independent testing local to the disaster for toxic chemicals, including dioxins. So Pennsylvania is clearly aware that people know about that, but apparently the EPA is, we're not sure, we're baffled. We're still wondering what's going on. 
The local nonprofits and residents of East Palestine have succeeded in acquiring coverage for relocation costs, cleaning, and testing for dioxins by the EPA. But all these steps were hard fought, which is unbelievable that they have to fight for the things that were obvious from the beginning and then realize that even though they've been told that's going to happen, as far as we can tell, they're still not testing for those things. They're just hoping you just get quiet and forget. April 3rd, Ohio's U.S. Senators want NIH to step in. That's great. Let's get, let's get Dr. Fauci's team in there. U.S. Senators from Ohio and Pennsylvania want the NIH to probe how chemicals spilled and affecting the residents. Now, maybe that's a good thing, or maybe this is exactly the plan. This, for some reason, kind of creeped me out. Quote, to help assess and mobilize existing assets and resources to respond to the community's biomedical research needs. No, thanks. <laughs> Just the last thing we need is these kind of people involved testing and, you know, the using this to their benefit. Who knows? Now, yes, I am jaded, guys. I'm not going to say that's the only thing that comes out of it. I don't know, but I don't trust what comes out of these entities. We all, nobody should at this point. When burned, these chemicals never go away says Misty Allison speaking to the committee, which is right. Chemicals such as dioxins, which are not safe at any level and cause damage to that may not show up for years. Two days later, our government told us it was safe to come home. We right now know that's not true, right? Two days later, they said, yeah, come on back. But is it safe? People and animals in my community are sick. The EPA tells us the data is fine. While independent researchers say that there are high levels of carcinogens all around us. Who do we trust? You trust the independent experts, guys. It's quite obvious who has a reason to lie to you. And yet the government doesn't care. Here is a really interesting one. Now, this is coming from China Dialogue. I'm not even familiar with the platform. But the point in this is the, the, the thing that they said in the beginning that apparently it takes outside groups to point out. April 4th. <clears throat> in China, a large number of political news outlets and scientific media reported on the incident, triggering extensive public discussion. Prevailing views that the incident was so severe and damaging as to be the American Chernobyl. Now, here, interesting point to make. Now, is that true? I don't know. I don't. That could be China wanting to say that. It could be the truth. I do think it's some level of the truth. I think this is one of the biggest environmental disasters I've ever seen. But it's interesting that I can almost promise you that there are Republican people on the right side of this that when getting the idea that China is promoting that it happened, will suddenly say it's fake because China is pushing it. Like I can almost guarantee that's where a lot of that's coming from, that it's it's only about this. They're hiding the whole thing and they're lying. We should question everything. Be open to all possibilities, but demand evidence. Facts. Don't just assume into what the government says or one party is arguing left, right paradigm. Most public opinion is concerned about the pollution that may be caused caused by the burning of hazardous chemicals like vinyl chloride, especially phosgene in the short term and possibly dioxins in the long term. Everybody knows, but nobody in the EPA wants to test for it. So far, none has found concentrations of pollutants, such as dioxins, to be higher than the environmental background value. That is the crux of the point. We've already made this point, but I want to reiterate this. <clears throat> what they're telling you guys, this is, remember, they let this out of the bag a while ago when they said, well, we don't know what to compare it to. What do you mean you don't know what to compare it to? We already know what the dangerous level is. What they were really admitting is that we already know there's a level of dioxins that are already there that you're not supposed to know about. So we don't know what to do. We can't test and then tell you it's dangerous because we know it's the, maybe that we don't think that's from this train or it might not be. So we don't want to just test and then you'll think it's from the train. They admitted this without saying it. And now the ultimate reality is what they did find 
They're not going, it's okay, though. It wasn't worse than what was already there. If they knew this, which they did, the same point, explain for me why they weren't telling you that in the beginning or testing for it while shipping this across state lines. Because they were trying to hide the truth. The reality is that what they've already been doing and allowed this far, the EPA included, has been poisoning you this whole time. This only made it worse. But now they don't know how to make this situation. They don't know how to, if, if there's already a dangerous level and this made it worse, when they test for it and find that high level, part one of them are going to be, so that's not fair. That was already there. Well, they can't admit that though, because it reveals they knew and hid it from you. See, they're in this weird circle of trying to cover up everything. And right now they're trying to hope you just give up and stop paying attention. The problem is it's already there and you've already been poisoned. And that on glyphosate and aluminum and, and fluoride, everything else being dumped on you right now that is very clearly continually building. Many of these are bioaccumulated, like dioxins, bioaccumulate. They build up in your fat, they build up in the food supply, and they don't go away. Now, guess what's going to happen in this central area of the production of this country? I think that was it for the most part. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> Last couple parts, it says, in early March, the EPA told the media it had instructed the railroad company as the responsible party to begin monitoring for dioxins. So more than a month after, even though we can prove, not just from the statements, but from their own documents, that you knew there was already a problem, as well as PFAS, but they didn't even tell the company responsible to even begin testing, which they still haven't done, by the way, until a more than a month afterward. Like right in that moment, if this was an honest government, they would have been held accountable for that. Somebody. Nobody was even criticized for that. Of particular concern to the agency has been the question of whether the cleanup process could cause secondary pollution. What it, see, again, it's a guaranteed reality. If you didn't even test to know what you were shipping, well, that already happened. Then when you pretend you're caring about the testing and you realize you've already sent it to multiple locations that don't have incinerators, which I've proven on this show, which the experts, including the EPA, make clear is the only way to deal with dioxins or PFAS, then you're admitting that you knowingly sent it to places that couldn't deal with it, which then guarantees it will be passed along. I've done two different shows on this, guys. It's easy to prove. In the initial period following the accident, phosgene and dioxins were the dangers most commonly discussed, and yet they still tried to hide from it. Rather than monitoring and dealing with dioxins from day one, the EPA made the monitoring of compounds that could easily lead to acute poisoning and death, such as phosgene, its first priority, followed by water pollutants, and lastly, persistent organic pollutants capable of remaining in the soil and groundwater for a long time. Does that seem a little bit backward? Or at the very least, it should have been all of them together? Because the reality is, yes, those are more acutely immediate risks matter a little bit more, I guess, in the moment. But the idea that you allowed this to be shipped across other state lines, which clearly other governors are aware of because they're all stopping it. Ohio or rather uh, Oklahoma and the rest are just going, no, to the point of potentially breaking the law. They're going, we don't want that. They know, I believe. But the point is they let that continue. The arrangement was also predicted, predicated on the characteristics of the pollutants and how long they would continue to have an effect. This is from Engineering and Technology from the 4th. Investment giant under fire over Ohio chemical disaster. Again, just making the clear point that April 4th, everybody everywhere seems to be acknowledging that yes, what happened here was not controlled. They made a bad decision 
to incinerate something when they didn't need to burn and which caused the most concern was, the, it says, uh, the burning of the, the vinyl chloride. Green groups and scientists fear that the uncontrolled incineration, you realize that CNN and all the rest of them are still saying controlled burn? That's think how pathetic they are. They are just mindlessly towing the line. Uh, the con- uncontrolled incineration of the chemical may have led to the formation of dioxins. I'm just trying to make that clear, guys. And the point is, yes, we do know they're bioaccumulative and they do build up in the food chain, experts say. Now, one of the main points I wanted to include today to finish is just the, the fact that after all of it, the fact that they're still disputing that there's even a problem, you are literally finding people in the town who are testing positive for vinyl chloride in their urine. Now realize, I, I, I'm willing to bet you that they're not testing for dioxins in their urine. How much you want to bet that would also be present as well as PFAS and whatever else is going on there. They probably have nothing to do with the train wreck, but the point is this does. And benzene, right? Now ask yourself how that even makes sense. So that if vinyl chloride was burned off and it does dissipate, that seems to suggest to me that it is in the water supply, that it is in something that's continually present because if it was just in the air, it would eventually dissipate. It's not like dioxins, which will be present. Vinyl chloride would eventually, it's like, remember, it, it, it boils at very low temperatures. So if it's out in the atmosphere, it boils off and evaporates rather quickly. And the point is that it would dissipate. So we're talking month, two months later, and she's testing positive for vinyl chloride and benzene in her urine. Shelby Walker, one of those residents, and got, uh, one is one of the residents who are looking for testing. And she recently got tested at a medical lab not the EPA, mind you, not Norfolk Southern, but of her own accord, because that's how this is working, even though, by the way, most of these testing locations are now suddenly not allowing these testing, feeling ill since the derailment two months ago. She's still feeling sick. She is scared after the benzene and vinyl chloride were detected in her urine. Because that's a big deal, guys. That is a lasting problem. Vinyl chloride is nothing to dismiss. And we're talking cancerous problems here, especially for if it's literally so clear that it's in her urine. It says, quote, are my kids going to have to watch something I don't want them to watch with me and my health? Think about what she's worried about. She's worried about her getting sick and dying and her kids having to worry about it. Walker and her family of 11 live 900 feet from the controlled burn site. Sad. She said she will never be able to safely live in her home again. Quote, we are still in and out a lot because she has pets. There are nights that my husband and I are still staying at home while my older daughter has the kids and grandkids at the hotel. So they clearly know and they just can't always make these choices. It says it just depends on if there's availability. That's not choice. They're forced to deal with this, to accept the problem because they can't afford anything else. But you listen to CNN and Fox about Norfolk. They're, they're taking care of everybody. Don't worry. We're going to make it right. We're going to make it right. Clearly not. As Walker waits to meet with her doctor to see what can be done about her results, she hopes her children her grandchildren do not have the same outcome. Now, we've done deep dives on vinyl chloride. It's not pretty, guys. It's not something you just easily deal with. It says, I guess it really hasn't hit me because I'm worried about the rest of my family that still has to be tested. My God. This is as clear as it looks. There is no disputing this. It's in her urine, guys. It's not some other background problem. This is the thing that they dealt with. 
The thing that everyone is still sick from, the thing that the CDC got sick from, the thing the first responders got sick from, the thing that Norfolk's own workers got sick from, the thing that they still pretend isn't happening two months later. Because this is the reality of our government. Understand the real picture this is showing. They don't care to the point to, well, they know you see it and they still don't care. Now, here's another example of a Another train derailment in northwest Montana. Derailed in Parada. And the, the one point I want to make about this, there's been a bunch of these. And let me look at it. The point that I wanted to point out on this one before we make the uh, one other secondary point before we finish up. It says, a freight train is derailed in Paradise, Montana, with officials are reporting that at least 25 cars have derailed, spilling unconfirmed contents. Okay, that's crazy. That that's so. That's a real problem. A lot of these have been oh, they derailed, and we're not sure, and we're more so hyping the idea that we just it's a lot happening, which is a fair point to make. These are twenty five cars spilling unconfirmed contents. My point about this is every one of these trains, like tried to tell you with Norfolk, are all supposed to be updated with these new fancy apps, right? And they can just oh, these first responders can come in and they know what's going on. So why is it this keeps happening and they don't know what's happening? Does that mean these are government contracted things where it's national security and there's something fishy going on. They don't want you to know what's on the train. I mean, how, what, I don't have the answer, but what shows me is either there's something, the app is not actually being used when it should be, or it's being turned off for some reason or something, or this company just doesn't have it. But as far as I could tell, this was a broad sweeping thing that was being done for safety. Either way, the point is yet again, we've got spilling contents. Now I haven't followed. Let me, let me do this real quick. See if there's any update. It says the train that derailed today in Montana reportedly spilled hundreds of cases of beer. It says for those who are asking what kind of beer, they're reporting it was Blue Moon beer. Okay. So that's actually good. I'm glad it turned out that way. One, because it's not a problem. At least so we're we're told. Who knows if that's the truth, right? That's the sad reality is that we, how can we trust them today? We never should have been, but especially today. But now the point was, why was it unconfirmed? Aren't they supposed to know? But the other point, oh wait, this one here, is this uh, real Dotterty follows up and says, they're not as common as some may try to convince you. Now this is an interesting point because I was never really trying to sell people on the idea that the numbers they were saying were true. You know, 1,700 a year, they kept saying, right? My point was that that's crazy that they think that's somehow a good thing to say. Like, don't you know that we have that many train wrecks? That's not unique. It's like, well, why is that? A, that's crazy. That means you guys don't care that one is like, what is it? A hundred months happen? Like, that's wild. But there's an argument being made that that's not actually the truth, which I'm going to look into more in depth. Here's how I think this is being played. Here's the article he points at. And this is a fair point to make. This is 2016. All it says is timeline of major train crashes in the U.S. since the year 2000. And you'll note, there's not that many. One in 2015, one in 2013, one in 2009, one in 2008, right? Not even multiple a year except 2002. Or, uh, yeah, except 2002. Okay, so what does that mean? Was this article hiding other things that were happening? Certainly possible. But you know what I think it is? I think that what's happening is we're talking about major train crashes, which I would argue this would actually fall into because not only did multiple cars fall and and break, but we had liquid spilling. And if it was a dangerous liquid, that would be a big deal, right? 
So what I think is maybe we're conflating some of these very minor, which still matter. The fact that trains at all derail that often is very concerning, especially with how many things carry dangerous stuff. But that when you really break down the major crashes, that it could be that we are being played here and that what that this year specifically with this many actual high level crashes is, in fact, which I think we all kind of realize completely unprecedented that something's happening. These things are being either executed or, you know, maybe someone's putting something on the tracks. I don't know. I'm open to all possibilities, but something's not right. And I think we all feel that right now. I think it's very clear. Something's awry. Something's, something is being executed. Now, that could just mean the using these events to justify what they're doing. Could be. But at the end of the day, I think actually... Yeah, I think we're probably just going to leave it right there. I think I only had like one other thing we we're going to get into, but I think what we need to see is how often all of this stuff, like we don't, I think not every single event has to be some coordinated action. We should always ask that, always. But we have to realize that sometimes they just take advantage of things that just naturally happen, which still means it's being used, right? They're still lying and manipulating, but sometimes things just happen and they just take advantage of that. So we just need to question everything while considering all possibilities. I think that's the, the real important thing to, to ask and think about. Oh, I was going to, you know, I'm going to save that for the next show. I'm just going to end with this point. There was one other thing. I, I want to get into more deep with this vaccine discussion. I didn't really go much on the show today, so I'm going to save the Vaccine World Congress for the next show. But I do want to end with this. This is like the two-party paradigm part to end on here. Wittgenstein points out that Silicon Valley's AI civil war which right out of the gate, guys, I don't buy. Elon Musk and Apple's Steve Wozniak, because, you know, Steve's on your side, apparently, say it could signal catastrophe. So why do Bill Gates and Google think it's the future? Here's your false two-party paradigm, right? Google, Bill, bad guy, and then Elon Musk and Steve. Come on, guys, come on. I said classic tactics. None of these people are on your side. But if the powers that wish they were can get us divided and fighting amongst ourselves over which side are the true saviors, we all fail to see the true culprit and the agenda succeeds either way. Question everything. Thank you for joining me today, guys. So much to get into. Never ends. I got multiple interviews coming out tomorrow and I got some great articles that I'm going to be putting out. Maybe one more tonight, but if not that tomorrow, some, some good stuff coming from Matt a couple of great articles from Robert. And, and as I, I was just saying before, by the way, uh, Scott and I are going to be going out to get some new stuff. We're going to be put into use some, uh, a good portion of what came in through the fundraiser. We're talking about new cameras, soundboard. Honestly, I was potentially toying with the idea of finding a new place in general, but that may be a little jump in the gun. But ultimately, we're, we got, we're getting very excited about just trying to keep growing, make, getting new things done, right? So as always, the, we support, Always these, always there, right? The, every, every single day, we're going to be trying to grow and push and add on, bring in new writers, do new things. So the more you support us, the better, guys, because we're going to keep going no matter what. We're not giving up. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. I see all the people led into deception by the very men found to care. 
Blinded by the promises Unknowingly sold despair So leave your herd of sheep And follow this shepherd to revolutionary ends The world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for Revolution Revolution Revolutions now It's happening all around you If you cannot see Pull aside the curtain And see the war machine It's time for you to rise up Rise up and prepare So arm your fellow man Cause it's become destructive To its own ends world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for Revolution Revolutions now It's happening all around you If you cannot see Pull aside the curtain And see the war machine It's time for you to rise up Rise up and prepare To arm your fellow man Cause it's become destructive To its own ends world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for The revolution Revolutions now It's happening all around you If you cannot see then Pull aside the curtain And see the war machine It's time for you to rise up Rise up and prepare So arm your fellow man They become destructive To their own ends 
world that you knew has changed around you. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. Are they ready for? Are they ready for? Are they ready for? We the people. We.